2: First time in a long time, but back like I never left.
3: Taking these things as it comes, you know me. I don't read ahead. Watch we burn down everything. B D E on the TV set. When I'm in control on the road, you could never really know what's up next. Hello, 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 hello. Brayton Harrington here with Davy Portman for up next. Hostwrestling.com, Apple Podcast, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. And yes. We are your NXT friends. Friends. But today, we're not here to talk about NXT. We are not. We're here to talk about death. The best death match ever. <laughs> yes. Uh, if you are uh, uh, deep into the BDEs, the and Davy experience, uh, you, or other kinds of BD, yeah, whatever, knows, whatever yeah, you yeah, like. That's cool. yeah. uh, you may follow us on Patreon and Patreon.com/slash Up Next. We do a show called Best Match Ever. We follow. We've done chronological past history s- matches and podcasts on Ric Flair and Steamboat and uh, Kabashi Masawa. We've done some crazy legendary wrestling look at different match types different pay-per-views yeah. different rivalries wrestlers you name it we've all done sorts it. we just did a best of pwg we did a best of Neverweight new japan title mm-hmm. but today we are talking about death but we we're soft and we can't we can't really handle it we, <laughs> we don't know what we're dealing with so we thought we'd bring on a friend a friend of post wrestling someone who is a podcast host from turned out a punk. And this man is also in a band. He is very fucked up. Please welcome Damien Abraham.
4: What's up? Wow, I
3: thought you were cool, dude. <laughs> uh Mr. Damien, uh, how are you, good sir? It is it has been a minute. Uh this is it the has. first time you, you've been on anything up next.
4: No, I'm honored to be here. Thank you very much for having me. Um, I wish I was here under uh, more happy circumstances, but we are here to celebrate the uh, the more sinister side of wrestling. The wrestling that's not meant to elicit joy so much as uh, awe and terror. Uh, but I am, I'm pleased that uh, I can be here to share this journey with you and, and hey, usher you into some nightmare experiences. Some people uh, have... Get a wonderful experience
2: out of these kind of oh, matches. Yeah. This this makes a lot of people very happy, oh, and um, not quite sure why, but each okay. their own.
3: <laughs> yeah. So so, Damien, I reached out because look, this this weekend we is aw revolution and somehow some way they're going to try to pull off the exploding barbed wire death match between kenny and mox so we were in the spirit and we thought well why don't we do a best match ever and i thought i I thought well there's only one man i know who's that sick and that twisted and just seems (laughs) to be the the king of this kind of stuff uh because i'm not sure if you've watched the documentary series the wrestlers but damien is also the host on that and you uh you happen to do a few episodes on different stuff but one of them was death match and i fucking loved it. Oh, yeah. i appreciate great, that. Great but- show by the way. I highly recommend that show. We here in Canada, we have Crave and it's on there. Great stuff.
2: Yeah, i rewatched it last night in prep for this. Uh great episode and yeah, and really looking forward to getting into all these fucked up matches. <laughs> fucked up matches.
3: Yeah. So what's uh first of all, what's going on cuz uh you you we're we're like in a pandemic and we're doing this via Zoom. Uh, because a long time ago, you did a podcast with me once before, and you said that the next time we do a show, you were going to get me fucked up. But we can't do that; it's over Zoom today. So, yeah, uh, one day, one day, I'll still hold you to it. We'll do those dabs one day, but we'll do a live one in a vape lounge one day. Yeah, you, yes, I'm definitely down, brother. Yes, yes, definitely. Um, but you are a you are a Toronto legend. I have oh, to my say, gosh. you're <laughs> a you're a hero in this city. I must say,
4: <laughs> I well, that is. Very kind of you to say, uh, I think uh, infamous to some definitely rather than famous to some. Um, <laughs> but uh, I appreciate that. No, I I, I feel I am very lucky to be uh, able to have for as long as I have kind of, you know, figure out a way to kind of make it work doing things about stuff I love. And that's either playing in a punk band, making stuff about punk music, making stuff about weed or making stuff about pro wrestling like you know like just uh you know i've just always been obsessed with these kind of worlds and, and kind of the way these actual like little micro societies kind of work and interact with each other and yeah just you know tried to immerse myself in it i've been lucky that you know i've been able to do a bunch of different things in areas i love but yeah it's been it's been a the wrestlers was definitely the best experience of my life creatively like making well, that you- show was a dream
3: come true I mean being a dream come true, you got to hang out with Kota Ibushi. You got to hang out with God, dude. Yeah. That's the one that like always I was like, fuck you, man. You got to you just got to hang out with God. So jealous. Still jealous. I I really want to try his sleeping cycle
2: one day. Oh, his sleeping <laughs> yeah, cycle. I don't know how he does that. Right. But yeah. Uh, uh, he is
4: God, after all. You think you yeah. think God does dabs? No, I don't think God smokes weed at all. I think, uh, <laughs> when I mentioned to, to Dakota the, you know, the cannabis stuff, he was just like laughing, like, like
3: what? Like, that it's is like, you are a drug user, I don't want to. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, in Japan, weed is like a
4: different thing. Like, that's not to say yeah. there aren't cannabis users in Japan and there aren't people that find benefits from medicinal cannabis in Japan, but you know. God, God help him, because it is a, a hard go of it. Like you can be thrown in jail for significant yeah. amounts of time for just for cannabis. So, yeah, you don't bring up those conversations too loosely. But when I did
3: mention <laughs> it to him, he was he seemed more shocked than intrigued. Anyone I bring brought up weed to over there, it's like you just brought up like heroin. They're like, whoa! Wait a second, you you're you you like that stuff? That's fucked. That it's so weird. To be honest, the culture here compared to the UK is yeah different. Like that's been a a
2: bit of a culture shock to me, and it's it's still like it's way more acceptable in the UK than it is Japan. But I I can. It's like you you can't just walk like where we live. We have like five uh dispensaries that are closer than the liquor store like that that seems crazy <laughs> to me as a brit um that i can get yeah. weed quicker than i can get a can of beer um but yeah i can imagine japan completely different
3: i guess we should say disclaimer this show's gonna be full of death match talk really violent wrestling and lots of marijuana uh talk as well because damien maybe you can answer this i have friends who don't like pro wrestling like when they when they hear me talk about wwe or nxt or whatever they're like nah not for me but when you know before covet times we'd smoke a big fat bat and then i put on some crazy new japan stuff and they go this is the greatest shit ever so there's definitely a tie-in between smoking and watching wrestling
4: yeah Those no hands. i was oh yeah absolutely well i i think also there's something about death match wrestling in particular that appeals to people that don't that aren't your normal wrestling fan you know like Going to the freedom shows in Japan, like you're talking about, like some people go there to these things for a good time. It was a bunch of hype beasts in the crowd. Like it was the coolest, youngest, you know, hippest wrestling crowd I've ever kind of been in, in my, in anywhere in the world, you know? And these people are all just like, You know, just going out for a night on the town to watch people bleed all over each other. But yeah, back to cannabis, cannabis and wrestling go hand (laughs) in hand uh, behind the ropes and between the ropes. You know, I certainly have met enough wrestlers that choose to medicate, to deal with, you know, anxiety, to deal with pain, to deal with all sorts of things, you know, with with cannabis. And, uh, you know, I've definitely as a fan can attest, like you're saying, nothing, nothing goes better. With wrestling, and I mean, getting mellow. If you're getting locked in
2: a tank full of piranhas, you need to have something <laughs> afterwards to take the edge off, don't you? Whether that be a glass of wine, a joint, whatever, you do need something. I think you need to
4: watch... I think even watching it, you need something to take the edge yeah, off. Yeah, no, Absolutely. I definitely did. I saw you
3: sent me... Yeah, you handpicked some of these matches, and some of them sounded so fucked that I knew I had to get, like, just blitz before watching. Uh, I've I've definitely gotten you more into smoking and watching wrestling. Like, Davey, Davey's on a bit of a... Like, a, you were doing dry February, but then you're, like, cheat... Not your cheat day, but your cheat thing would just be, like, smoke a little, and it's... It's day you, 52 of not alcohol. There you go, the see, like, Yeah. So... Yeah, like he's become now. I, I know people are are probably wondering. And and before we clicked record, you were like, "Hey, nice to meet you, Davey." <laughs> did you did you not realize that you had, you two have maybe met before?
4: Oh, we have met before. I meant, but like in a in a podcasting sense.
3: It's true. Yes. Yeah.
4: Yeah. yeah we met
2: outside uh, Ted Reeve. I think. Yeah. Uh, Ted briefly. Reeve uh,
4: for the ROH that was was like
2: some
3: roh new japan i was a
2: nobody then he wasn't podcasting up next was nothing at that point (laughs) yeah i don't think he was (laughs) podcasting
3: so yeah that's that's crazy but uh so you have met but just briefly and um i've 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 met you that's how i kind of met you the first time too at a ring of honor event you came up to me and started talking to me and i didn't know who you were and you were like the coolest guy and then i'm like hey john this is david and he's like yeah. Yeah, I know. And I'm like, Oh, it's, da- Oh, it's Damien. Ab- oh, it's Damien Abraham. And I think we I went, like, I think
4: we went to the, we, that was like Dalton castle and
3: Kyle O'Reilly and us went out for lunch. Oh, right. I think, I think I met you even before a different time than that. Was like that, at before a different that? Show, Yeah. I think so. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And think, then I, and, yeah. Then we did Oh yeah. We had lunch, lunch with Kyle O'Reilly. That's so weird. <laughs> yeah. It was, uh,
4: and it was, it was supposed to be Bobby fish and Kyle O'Reilly, but Bobby fish couldn't get in the country. So it was just uh Kyle's was, ma- was first time I his mask. <laughs> no.
3: oh. right. uh, so so you you do a bunch of podcasting and stuff. And I know probably a lot of people have like reached out to you for like deathmatch because of this weekend. Again, this exploding uh barbed wire stuff. But and and I know I, I highly recommend people going and, and watching the the wrestlers, the, especially the episode on deathmatch, because we're talking about deathmatch. But what the fuck? is a death match like honestly why is that a thing it, it's it's uh you know it's weird
4: because like i i definitely you know I've, I've been kind of like people have been hitting me up this week and they've been like oh well you're an expert on this thing And I, I would never describe myself as an expert i'm a fan of it i enjoy it but i'm more just kind of fascinated by it and the culture around it um you know, the, the, I I think the, the history of deathmatch wrestling is really fascinating. Like, it starts in the 1950s. It's actually Terry Funk's dad has one with Ted DiBiase's uh, stepfather. And that's the first titular deathmatch ever held in Texas. And it was wow. sort of like, the idea of it was that this is a no-hold-barred match. You're definitely going to see some blood. And these guys were, you know, going to fight to the death, quote-unquote. But, like, you know, in actuality, they're just going to fight, beat each other into submission. Um, And... It's really kind of from there that it kind of gets spread around, you know, and death matches start showing up in different places. But the arrival of Onita in America, like, Onita was Giant Baba's young boy. And, you know, not, I, I, maybe he wasn't his young boy, but he's definitely his like apprentice type thing. And he would kind of like come to him and, and, you know, help him out. And then he got injured, and Baba told him, like, we don't need you anymore. You should just kind of retire. And this is after Onita had gone on this excursion to America where during this excursion, he had been a champion of some sort in Puerto Rico, which was extremely bloody. They were using barbed wire at the time. So he was definitely kind of seeing that stuff there. Uh, He refused to give up the championship, got beaten up backstage so severely that he had to go and recuperate at Terry Funk's farm for a while. And he said when I when we interviewed him on the show that that's actually where he got his real relationship with barbed wire because he had to Terry around the farm. So he's like, I was putting up barbed wire every day. Oh and I God. just got this relationship with barbed wire after a while, which is, you know, probably like wrestling, you know, a little as you bit do, of a- A little bit of (laughs) a layer added to the story, but like, you know, it still makes it great. And then he goes after that and he goes to Memphis. I think actually through Terry, he gets into Memphis. And he's actually in the second Tupelo concession brawl and the Tupelo concession brawl, which, you know, is like one of the most famous matches in history, which is where the wrestlers brawled out of the ring and brawled over to the concession stand and they're hitting each other with hot dogs. They're breaking, I think they break the popcorn machine in the first or the second one. They're like, you know, it's just, it's very, you know, over the top very kind of gaga like you know some would say it's like the birth of garbage wrestling but it's also kind of the birth of hardcore wrestling and i think it's kind of these dual influences of this sort of like super serious death match culture and this sort of puerto rico blood culture with the sort of memphis over the top gonzo wrestling and Onita takes these two kind of twin influences, comes back to Japan and kind of with the help of Victor Kiones and and all these uh, other sort of figures from all over the world, puts together this FMW company Mm -hmm. and really puts Deathmatch Wrestling on the map. And they are the ones that introduce the exploding barbed wire Deathmatch. And they also introduce all sorts of other wild things. And it becomes a huge influence on Paul Heyman. And then it becomes, you know, so it's almost like this cultural you know, ball that's being kicked around the world, you know, it goes from America to Puerto Rico and then it's Puerto Rico back to America and then America to Japan and then Japan back to America. And then it's kind of like music
3: very much like music, like, like the story of it. Like someone creates one thing and starts using certain chords and, or whatever, and goes forward.
2: Uh, I mean, that I use the, the example of music all the time when explaining, I, I think as a wrestling fan in general, you've always got that element of having to explain why you're a wrestling fan and it's kind of you you say you're you're not an expert but a fan but I in my mind that does make you an expert because I say to people when they go oh wrestling's fake and shit and whatever I say well give me 20 minutes I'll I'm gonna pick out a match we're gonna watch it and by the end of it you might not like it but I hope you at least appreciate it and you can see what people like and I say that with music all the time there's so many different types of music that I'm not a fan of but the person's selling out 80,000 seat stadium. so they're clearly doing something right and they're connecting on some sort of level mm-hmm. and I think with death matches death matches in wrestling is almost what wrestling is to non-wrestling fans it's you get wrestling fans go yeah I don't get it it's like death metal where you go no it's just screaming yeah. I don't see any artistry in it at all but then it Clearly, it connects with people and it connects with you, Damien, as well. And um, some of these matches for me, uh, which we're going to talk about, uh, I can absolutely see the artistry in it. Other of them, maybe not so much. And that's where I, I kind of want to hear what you took away from it. So, um, yeah, it's definitely a, a a weird genre. But you, especially watching that documentary you made. You can see that it's the same level of passion, dedication, um, and just respect for their craft that all these deathmatch wrestlers have. Or, as a lot of them said, they're they're wrestlers who wrestle death matches. They're not necessarily deathmatch
4: wrestlers. Mm-hmm. It, it is it like I think that music analogy 100 is what works. And I've talked to to wrestlers. You know, like wrestlers that have wrestled in. You know, the big companies, and they're very dismissive. not all of them, obviously, a lot of them have done this. But you know, a few of them that I talked to we were very dismissive of Deathmatch wrestling. And it's only when I kind of likened it to hardcore music or punk music or or something like there is, you know, there's obviously the these, you know, brilliant musicians all over the world that are doing incredible compositions that are are sprawling and and epic and subtle. But then there's also people like, you know the h100s that are are smashing shit up on stage and and throwing firecrackers in the audience and throwing hammers into the crowd and there's places for everything and everyone i think and i think that's the thing like you're saying with wrestling you just got to find what agrees with you and i think with deathmatch wrestling you know like i don't i don't always want music to make me feel happy you know and i don't always mm. want wrestling to make me feel the same way and certainly uh, you know with deathmatch wrestling it evokes something it's the most extreme performance art in the world, you know, and there's performance art like Joe Coleman. And he used to blow himself up on stage. He's got nothing on Junkasai and he made, (laughs) he made his living as a professional, you know, he's, he's a very highly collected commercial artist at this point, you know, fine artist, I should say. And, uh, he does nothing compared to what Onita did. You know, like these people are just, these are the most extreme performers in the world of anything, athletes, but even artists.
3: Yeah, I I definitely tend to to compare music and wrestling, honestly, because there's different genres, especially in today in 2021. Look at all the wrestling shows on one day from different companies. And each ones are kind of different, and there's different types of music, and there's different types of stuff. Clearly, deathmatch and hardcore style you relate to your punk rock or your 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 more rowdy type stuff. And yeah, sometimes sometimes I wanna put on a nine-inch nails record and like vibe out, but then sometimes I, I I wanna watch some crazy deathmatch and piranha stuff definitely one i'm smoking uh but then i sometimes i want to watch more of the like i don't know uh catch can uh technical side of wrestling or uh, god be willing put on some alexa bliss uh drooling from the mouth with randy orton uh <laughs> i don't know shooting people in the dark or whatever the fuck he's doing lately on raw but it's it's different genres and different things and i think that that it's definitely something i compare to but this is the hardcore the most hardcore wrestling uh, I've watched now, I I'd, I'd say from the stuff that you handpicked today, good sir. Cause some of it's fucked up. Well, there's also
4: stuff like out of Mexico, I could have, you know, uh, Lucha extrema, like a lot of stuff from yeah. Mexico. I should have picked too. It's that's what I was saying to you. Like, it's so hard when you actually get down to it. And I, I'm like, once again, I am not, you know, I'm certainly not an expert in deathmatch wrestling. Like there's a lot of people that are, are, they, they invest their whole lives in this and, um but you know i when i sat down and tried to think of you know five or six of my favorite matches of all time like i had 20 that i could have put on here because it is such a international uh thing that shows up all over the place and there's so many people that are still finding new places to take this type of wrestling which i think is the you know the thing that shocks non-fans the most it's like what do you mean they're evolving this thing still it's like no they they're introducing scissor boards or they're, they're putting in all sorts of gross shit. You could not believe. Ridiculous.
3: Yeah. Uh, some of the stuff you chose here today is pretty nuts. Uh, I, and I, obviously it's the exploding thing. That's got everyone going nuts. Cause this, this weekend, AEW is going to do this. There's no real crowds. Like there's some people that are allowed to go that they've been doing. They'll have
4: a, I think they'll have a thousand at least. Yeah. I think, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And, it, and yeah. Oh, I was going to say it's a curse match. Like this is, <laughs> Kind of the third serious, maybe the fourth serious attempt in America to try and do this match. You know, this has okay. obviously happened many times in Japan in many different promotions with variations and things like that. But like, you know, as far back as ECW, Paul Heyman tried to do one of these. Uh, Onita was trying to do it with CZW. CZW was even like cutting promos for it at a certain point. not czw sorry xpw and then czw tried to do it and actually brought onita over and then the fire marshal shut it down and (laughs) then they wound up using all the c4 that was left over actually at danny havoc's last match the viking funeral right Um, and it was uh it was less than spectacular when it was used (laughs) because it it turns out you need a lot of c4 to make it read from the back of the room fuck Uh,
2: i can definitely see these two though like they've got the artistry and i'd say the respect of majority of the industry i know kenny especially is a bit polarizing for some but i think it's an interesting pair that are going to do this match and i think that's what definitely spikes my interest is you see both of their creativity in all the kind of matches they Mm -hmm. do so to have an attempt at an exploding barbed
3: wire especially Tony Khan's got a lot of money. So all the companies you just named, they didn't have a lot of money. So Tony Khan's just going to be like, I'll do whatever it takes to make this like look cool. Mm. And and comparing all these Japanese styles of like we're going to go into later. Kenny Omega obviously had the DDT history and like the street fighting kind of weird stuff where he he's kind of there, but Moxley's kind of that Terry Funk style, right? So it is a cool kind of... They both love the industry, so... It's something you said, Damien, about even
2: within the industry, a lot of people don't respect it and kind of throw this away. The fact that Moxley was your PWI wrestler of the year last year, True, yeah. and his background is this style of wrestling, and if they can pull this match off on Sunday, hopefully you might see a bit more respect coming through the industry, because... The leader of the industry, Moxley, has yeah. just, you know, killed it. Exploded. Hopefully.
4: Exploding. Well, that, that's why I put the John Moxley batch on this list, is because, you know, that's actually the one I feel the least sort of personal connection to. But at the same time, uh, you know, it just illustrates the fact that John Moxley, this isn't, you know, someone just playing with this thing or WWE tacking this on to the name of a pay per view. This guy has done. Way more extreme types of matches than this match. Like he just done shit yeah, that, would, yeah, yeah. that makes makes an exploding barbed wire death match pale in comparison. Because it kind it of sounds other-
3: safer than what he was what he does in a match. We'll get to today. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah,
4: well, that, yeah. well that, this match is you know as you're saying relatively safe compared to some of the matches we're going to be talking about
3: today. I think we should get into it. Let's first get into it. Because yeah. the f- we're going to go, you you handpick these matches. Now, we've done best match ever, I've mentioned, on the Patreon. We've done so many. We've brought in guests. Nate Milton, he, he got us extreme. He chose uh, Mike Awesome, uh, Masato Tanaka feud. And we one, went one back best. and watched all of them. Yeah, like those were great. And then uh, we've had, we just had Martin Bushby from BW. He picked PWG best of, and he's a big PWG fan. And it's it's great to get everyone. And I knew asking you, Damien, if I said, hey, Damien, what's your best match ever? You would probably say, with just knowing you, and I've heard you on a podcast a few years ago, it's probably one of the matches you've picked today. And you added it as a bonus because it's technically not a death match. But yes, we will talk about Samoa Joe versus Necro Butcher. Cause you've added it to your list.
4: (laughs) It it is. That is like, I think all these matches, like anytime, you know, Dave, you brought up the idea of this, you know, non-fans bring up the, the F word, the fake word. And all of these matches uh, test that notion of what is and isn't fake. Cause in a real quote unquote real fight, You'd never see someone do half the extreme shit these people are doing to each other in these matches. Nonsense! You know? I want a piranha. I wouldn't let you get anywhere near me with
2: a turkey carver.
4: You know, yeah, like, like there's just no way that you would, uh, you would, like, none of this stuff would happen in a real fight. But it's way more real than a real fight because these guys are doing it to each other consensually. And then, you know, with the last match, the bonus match, that's where it's, it's just like, well wrestling kind of is real. Like, let's be real. When you watch that thing, you're watching two people trying to murder each other. Like, and there's no, there's very little suspension of disbelief required.
3: Yeah, definitely. especially in some of these strange gimmick ones. But the reason we we're talking about the death is because of the exploding barbed wire. So I'm going to go through the matches you picked here, Damien, and they are all literally fucked up. And the first one is in fact, the exploding barbed wire time bomb death match. If you want to be specific here, the longer the title of the match it's... is, the more excited I get. <laughs> okay, well, wait. Let me say it properly then. Let me make sure I say this. FMW presents the no rope exploding barbed wire time bomb death match. There you go. Wow. <laughs> uh, yeah, and I know. Believe I believe you're going to do a dab before every uh, yes. Uh, match I'm going to do here.
4: to start this one off. I'm going to do the tuna kush. <laughs> uh fse which is full spectrum extract which wow. is a uh a cannabis extract gonna get gonna get you wavy well the reason kind i of... want to do tuna kush is because tuna kush is actually arguably the uh the cannabis strain that kind of kicks off the cannabis boom in canada it was a strain developed by the people that first decided that they were going to package tuna in or tuna, sorry, weed in tuna cans to <laughs> okay, ship across yes. Canada. So they, they, they and that was the, this was the name of the strain. Wow. It was called that because every time you bought it from BC, you'd open the can and the smell would hit you and be like, oh, it's a tuna kush. So this is, purports to be that original strain in extract form. Uh, I'm doing a dab. Had,
3: yeah, a dab. What is it? Can you explain to people what a dab is? Yes,
4: absolutely. So my, my, my wife had the best analogy I think I've ever heard for this, which is it's the espresso of weed so if if wow. cannabis is coffee wow yeah so you're <laughs> t- basically you're taking it down you're distilling it down to its pure essence so i'm removing all the wax all the plant matter all the carbon that that would make the plant bud and i'm just leaving the the uh, cannabinoids and the terpenes wow. and so you're left with something that's really clean very little kind of well, a lot of lung irritation if you smoke a huge dab, definitely. But right. very little lung irritation
3: from the smoke. I've been trying to get this guy to do it. No, one I've, only, I've had one once.
4: Oh. And it was with our
2: friend Taylor. Right. And then attempted, it was at a dispensary at like, college and Spadina, yeah. and then just attempting to walk down Spadina through <laughs> Chinatown was the most <laughs> fucking distressful thing of my life. Oh. It felt like, you know that game where you the frog trying to cross the road? Yeah, Frogger, is it? Yeah, yeah, We both suddenly turned to each other at the same time and went, are you in a video game <laughs> right now? Because... Chinatown gets busy and a lot of people kind of bump into you anyway. And trying to navigate around that was, yeah, I I think that was it for me. (laughs) Yeah, I did a dab
3: bar. There's a popular one there. They're closed down because as soon as legal places came to Canada, a a lot of the cool spots that like community spots kind of unfortunately kind of disappeared. And I used to go, you could go on Tuesdays and get $2 dabs at places. And like, oh man, I I would not like realize that they could get you good. Like you could be zonked for like three hours straight uh as damien is doing a dab right now <laughs> i've also damien mentioned uh like lounges in toronto used to be a thing where you could go and like vape and stuff and, and smoke weed and and there used to be like comedy shows and such i used to see comedians go in and just rip like three dabs and then continue to do their set and i was like how yeah. could you how can you do that uh like I'm sh- yeah.
4: Have you ever seen Mike
3: yeah. comedy? Yeah, 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 that's exactly who I used to go see a lot and yeah. I was like, bro, yeah. that is impressive. Like I I podcast a lot and I smoke a lot and I can I can gauge how much I can smoke while doing a show to stay on like on function here like yeah. but sometimes if i if i'm smoking a, I, I like blunts and, and joints uh, and if i if i smoke a big one i'll be out of my mind i w- will not be able to do a show uh, so one time <laughs> I feel we were comfortable in a- with you now i feel like if we talk about it if it's out in the open <laughs> then it's okay so it's all right uh, well if and you're again,
4: honest about being fucked up then you're not fucked up you're just being honest <laughs> <laughs> then i'm um, always honest <laughs> yeah exactly exactly uh We were, I I was doing like some podcast thing for vans uh, down in Washington, D.C. where it's kind of legal. Like, because Washington, D.C. isn't a state, they've legalized, but they can't actually go legal. So it's all gray market. Like, it's all just like underground stuff. And so I went to hang out with this guy, um, phone Homie, and he's got like a huge Instagram following just being famous for doing massive fucking dabs. Like... (laughs) massive <laughs> massive dab so oh, i may have seen
3: this guy then my buddy always sends me people doing weird things like that he's got like a big beard
4: and a and slick back hair and he's always like playing music and dancing with his shirt off a lot and, and he, he like rips these we're doing a dab, dab
3: pen now by the way i decided i saw that, that. yeah yeah it's just that one of the the cartridges that you get in the the what is it the lunch pen whatever leafy pen spinach spinach that's what it's called same, same stuff one of your five in. a day as well is, is it spinach Spinach. <laughs> yeah. I like spinach. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so now that we're all prepped for, this is the match. Most people are this is the are, first one. Yeah. People were expecting us to definitely be talking about this. This is the match. We're here to talk about everything else to me is just extra amazing things on top of this, but let's go into this FMW. The anniversary show, the fourth anniversary show, May 5th, 1993 at the Kawasaki stadium in Kawasaki, Japan apparently forty one thousand in attendance is what Cage Match. Holy shit!
2: Which is fucking nuts. But yeah, stadium show here. It looked like it. Like
3: yeah, yeah. You believe it
4: when when it does that. Yeah.
3: Yeah, actually, like, I believe it because it was uh, pretty loud. Yeah. The crowd is pretty loud here. Uh, so this, like we mentioned, is a no-rope-exploding barbed wire time bomb death match. Say that 10 times fast. <laughs> and this is a match between Terry Funk and Atsushi uh, Sorry, Atsushi. 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 I am going to make so many mess ups, but I'm definitely going to believe my pronunciation isn't very good
4: either. So Uh, I'm correcting you like I know what I'm doing. I
3: appreciate it, though. And this um, right away, like like you said, there's a a large crowd here because they are hyped. The the themes hit, they come out epic entrances. Uh, Also, the referee has the best ref outfit in all of history of professional wrestling. Uh, Sorry, sorry, red shoes, but. This is Samurai. It's the beekeeper from Wonder Man, <laughs> from Wonder Vision. Isn't oh, is it? It? Yeah, he looks like Full on hazmat it. suit. This is the Silver Samurai from the X-Men cartoons or comics. Like this guy is like I'm not getting exploded or getting cut. I'm rocking a Silver Samurai I think
2: outfit. really sells the danger of the match though. Some of the mm-hmm. others after this we're going to go on to and the ref is just in their typical referee <laughs> gear and you're like what are you what are you doing? Are you doing Whereas man? here it, it it makes the danger feel even more elevated because then you see Funk and Anita, like in just their regular gear...
3: You yeah. think, whoa, you need to take precautions because this guy is in a full hazmat suit right now. <laughs> uh, Onita comes out to Wild Thing, uh, which is just great. I, I love the-, the Prozac version of this song, uh, but Onita, this theme is great. Uh, this is a banger. This is the crowd who's going wild for this. Uh, and Terry Funk, you know, he always- I can't believe you just said you like a Prozac <laughs> <laughs> I love Prozac and I always support local Canadian music. Prozac's <laughs> well, your aqua. I was going to
2: say, they're no Aqua, right? <laughs> yeah, I'm not
3: a big, I can't say I'm a big fan of Aqua, but uh, I like Prozac over uh, Aqua. Um, <laughs> so um, that would be a good, re- there was a wrestler at Smash Wrestling who used to come out to Prozac and it was so lame. It was WW dot, And I was like, dude, you need to change this right away. Well, it,
4: should be, uh, it sucks to be
3: you. I uh, know. I uh, know. That would be the, that would be a good go one. With, that's know? the good, that's the best song. Yeah. Uh, Onita probably does not like Prozac. Um, He comes out here with a, some barbed wire, Uh, the whole, there's no ropes here. But Terry Funk, I have written, is in some Hot Topic pants because usually I'm used to seeing him in the classic Terry Funk tights. But here he's like, I'm not wearing. I need to wear like some padding under this because who knows what's going to happen. So to, to let everyone know, there's barbed wire everywhere and it's rigged with explosives. So these guys are going to fight. The ref checks at them before the match to be like, hey, make sure there's nothing Hey, dangerous. No one's got any brass knocks on them. <laughs> you don't got, got any weapons, right?
4: <laughs> We're going to talk about a wrestler later on who does bring a gun to the ring sometimes. So, there is a chance.
3: So, I mean, his death match, Jesus. It's not barbed wire or a bomb. It's not allowed. Yeah, it's not allowed one. to use it. This is only exploding barbed wire. So, the ref checks him. I got a laugh out of that. Uh, they lock up in a test of strength right away. Funk and Onita here, because uh, they neither of them want to get anywhere near this barbed wire. Funk gets the upper hand by punching him and then. Uh, just hits Onita with this right hand and sends him back first into the ropes. And yes, it explodes. It's static everywhere. The crowd goes wild. Uh, Punk then hits him with. Uh, sorry, Funk hits him with a pile driver for a two count. Um, not enough to keep Onita down. And already he's like got cuts. He's bleeding from the barbed wire. And he gets thrown into this, the, I'm calling them fireworks at this point. Again, uh, I don't know how they necessarily do this. Like, what are they, how do you rig something with explosives that is supposed to, like, hurt people, supposed to look good, but not actually hurt people? Is, is like, what, do you just rig it with like, fireworks, essentially? Well, that's the thing, that there's no,
4: like, defined thing like it's it's not it, it's got to be some sort of electric charge thing right yeah. they've got like the wires hooked up to it and they're obviously hitting some sort of thing to to set it off but you know like there's there's some ones you like obviously the famous one between uh, uh terry funk and cactus jack right which is where they have boards that are underneath There's explosives when they land on the board they explode the board so there's sometimes it's exploding board so i think it just varies like that's what i'm really intrigued to see what you know, AEW's interpretation of this match is, you know, like... Because they,
3: cause Tony Khan, yeah, I know he's not going to want to have... The, the match you mentioned, Funkin' Foley, that one kind of had lackluster explosions we covered it in the Best yeah. of Terry Funk yeah. thing. It was um smoke, wasn't it? If yeah, I remember it right. It's like a, it was kind of... Yeah. yeah, it was like yeah. a little wet fart. Like, oh, okay. Whereas this one, like, the visuals here in this... Oh, this is 1993 and it looks cool and you, it sounds cool. You see, like, black ash burns on the back so right away as soon as it goes off. And there's, they're bleeding like Onita gets thrown into this a few times. And of course you get the classic Terry Funk, get up, you son of a bitch, As He's like dragging him. But then Onita comes back with like a back suplex and he throws Funk into it and he sparks up. Uh, Anita hits him with a DDT and like a headbutt, and there's now blood on both of these guys. Uh, Funk is is doing the classic Terry stuff where he's got the blood in his eyes he can't see Mm. so he starts swinging for anyone he's swinging for the ref and the ref's in his samurai suit like bro chill (laughs) you don't want to hit me then there's a five minute countdown clock. Which is just this scary. It's like a, a like a movie, like Godzilla, when like the or the end it's of the like world, a, like a war. Age yeah, spider, air, air raid, air like going counting down here for the remainder. Because at the end of this five minutes, it means the rings just gonna explode yeah because why not so the the guys continue to fight there's the classic spinning toe hold but then it's countered he's booted into the barbed wire but he's still alive somehow he's bleeding though there's another ddt from Onita who gets on top of funk they're bleeding they're covered in ash and he pins him he pins terry funk therefore technically the match is over but terry funk is so upset that he took the pinfall here That he just starts, he he gets up and just starts choking Onita. Now he's like, "No, I'm not, not letting this end this way." And just starts to like choke him, and he 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 hits the referee. He's going after the ref again. There's then like the thunder. Sorry, I think it was the thunder power bomb that he did pin him with. But while all while Funk is beating him up, look, the horns are still going off. The air raid thing, the countdown. Onita finally fights off Funk and goes to leave. He lays Funk out in the middle of the ring with that thunder power bomb thing. But then it's like it's like something comes over him, the emotion. He looks back. The ring is there. The timer's going. Funk's alone in the ring and it's going to fucking explode. So Onita, the good guy in this movie, turns around, goes back into the ring. He slaps the shit out of Terry. Wake up. Let's go. But Terry's not moving. So he Jumps on top of him as the countdown goes down and the ring explodes. <laughs> oh my goodness. Cue the epic Japanese metal guitar here. The, the shots here through the smoke, it, it
2: looked really cinematic yeah, at this yeah, point, yeah. like a movie.
3: Holy shit. Uh, so, Onita beats Funk. Funk gets mad, tries to beat up Onita, gets laid out, and instead of letting him die onita decides to help him and cover him like a grenades going off in this epic uh finish to the exploding barbed wire death match uh after this there's like classic promos here like basically i i couldn't tell what he was saying but i could imagine it's hey i'm, I'm alive, alive. <laughs> i didn't die i'm okay i didn't die we're both okay because both of them are like they can't really walk by themselves but they are cut up they are bleeding Wow. Uh Damien, what are some thoughts on this match?
4: Uh this is my favorite match ever, I think. Um wow. just because the, the way it's shot, the way it feels. And Bahu FMW, who's I think the the I think without argument, the number one English language authority on FMW and kind of Japanese deathmatch wrestling in general. He has a list of the top 100 FMW matches and related matches of all time, and he has this at like number 19. And even though he's the expert, I really disagree with him because I just think, like you're saying, Dave, the way it's shot, like there's that shot where Onita's. Well, first of all, when the referee grabs Onita and he's trying to tell Onita, like the the, the timer's going to go, you you won, let's get out of here, let's get out of here, and Onita just throws the referee out of the <laughs> ring, like get the fuck out of here, and then he leaves and he's walking and there's that shot of Terry Funk laid out and they're shooting from the other side of the ring and you just see Onita on the other side like looking at Terry Funk in the ring and you can tell what's going in his mind and the clock's going down like it's shot on film too it just uh i don't know i just every, every time i watch this movie like a movie i hear i'm calling it a movie see? every time yeah, i watch this yeah. match i like by the end of it i'm tearing up because there's just something about it like if they were smart they just do a shot for shot remake of this match because it, It's really like, it just tells the story that barbed wire perfectly, like obviously these guys get hurt, but compared to what some of the other matches people have to do to get over with the audience, they don't have to do that much. Well, you know, I'm, I'm watching as a fan, but it doesn't seem like they have to do that much and it just sells, it just comes off like so amazing.
2: Yeah, I, uh, I think this match probably has the best lockup Ever. Like the, the opening <laughs> sort of grapple, yeah. which is like, all right, this is how we start a wrestling match. We have a grapple. The intensity of it, because, you know, if you if you get muscled into those ropes, you're exploding. So yeah. right away from the beginning, just something as simple as a grapple is so important. And you don't need to do a whole lot. Uh, I do like that they are having a wrestling match, but so much of it is, you um, is based around trying to push to the edge. Like a really tame, badly done version would be that Mimosa Mayhem match from last year. But that's essentially what you're doing. The tease is of going towards the ropes. I love the finish um, with Anita saving Funk. It really feels like in those films where you've got the good guy fighting the bad guy and then the bad guy like falls and there's a pit of fire below him and he's just holding on and the good guy grabs his hand and even though they were just fighting to the death he's gonna lift him up because he doesn't want to see this guy fall to his death in flames it it was very reminiscent of that um personally i think i'd have liked a bit more of a build to the the pinfall i think the pinfall kind of caught me off guard a bit and then i guess the lack of commentary and uh, well the lack of english commentary as well um Not quite understanding why the time is still ticking down when the the match is ended. Um, It's
3: the get out of here. Yeah, I think the
4: bomb's going to go off no matter what, no matter when the match ends. That bomb's going to go off
3: because wrestling. Yeah,
4: Yeah. you can tell. Like, well, they're they're competing against that clock too, right? They're doing this match, and the whole time, like, that's why it's such an amazing thing to kind of watch them pull off because the storytelling's so great. But yeah, you can tell they had to rush it. They're probably like, okay, we got a lot. Like, even in those last thirty seconds, I'm like. The thing's gonna blow up before he gets back in the ring. He's gotta get. He's got to he go runs simple. to
3: make it. Yeah, he. That's. It's. It is exactly like a movie. You mentioned it, it reminds me of that. It's. It's like I gotta save Bubba, and the way you 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 even mentioned Damien the the camera shots. It's like epic. I, I always we we watch a lot of like New Japan and stuff, and I think even to this day New Japan does classic simple filming of wrestling. Mm-hmm. You don't need all these crazy camera cuts and everything. Mm-hmm. You just need good shots.
2: I could have done with Naito and Evil having a time bomb on their matches last year <laughs> at like
3: two minutes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, I love this. This exactly reminds me of a movie from start to finish. Uh, We did a best match ever. Terry Funk and uh, Terry Funk is just iconic to me. I think he's one of the greatest his older stuff. We watched through his history of his matches. Some of the stuff he did was just crazy. And of course this sick son of a bitch is in a exploding barbed wire death match. It's just crazy. And Onita as well. Take, taking these crazy bumps that clap, that famous image of him going up against it is just fantastic. Uh, I, yeah. I think this is exactly a movie and you, you can show that you could show this to a non-wrestling fan. And they'd probably think you're crazy, but <laughs> the, it, it's a real um like
2: shock to the senses as well with that siren going off. It's scary. It, it really builds that intensity. It scares and, me. Um, just, yeah. Again, like a movie, if you're, if you're creating a horror film, you have that phone ring go off really loudly, which cuts the tension. And that, that's kind of what this siren was doing for me as well. You're, completely right this
3: is a a film it's like the end of the world when they go yeah (laughs) it's like oh yeah yeah but like unlike a film this is all one take and no stunt doubles
4: and it's just like just that's what i love about this match it's just like the the not just the what they're able to do in the ring and obviously like yeah compared to you know, uh, it, like Okada, Omega, it's 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 not that. But, you know, there's still the storytelling. And I just also love the psychology of this kind of match. Like a, a lot of people in wrestling are like, "Ah, oh, it's just garbage wrestling death match stuff. But with this match, you have this thing that we in the audience as people are all afraid of, which is barbed wire and explosions. And they're put together. So we all know that this is bad. And it's just, you know, that they're going to have to deal with this thing at some point in the match. And it's just that tension that that creates as they're going, you know, and they're running towards the barbed wire and they're holding each other back and they're, they're leaning into, it and they're going to hit it for a second. Like it just, it's just uh Oh, it's it's such an amazing match to witness. And I've never gotten to see one of these live, but I can only imagine what it's like live you're saying
3: we're going to revolution this weekend let's go (laughs) let's
4: let's get in let's it's worth violating restrictions
3: (laughs) they'll understand they'll understand it's exploding (laughs) exploding.
4: if anywhere will understand it's florida (laughs) (laughs) not texas
3: no texas though (laughs) maybe worse uh, so Onita beats Funk. They both survive, but barely. But in this epic, uh, violent encounter, in it's an iconic moment in violent wrestling, like hardcore wrestling, if you will. And it's from '93, and it's it's fun to really go back and watch this. Uh, I could not find a Meltzer rating for this match. Uh, however, CageMatch.net is a, ma- a, a website we go to quite often to look up, and this match. Has quite a few ratings from some fans, and it is sitting at an 8.33. So, hey, that means it's pretty good. Again, we can't really rate these matches out of five stars. Would we rate it – would we rate it on out of dabs? Would we rate it on <laughs> uh, the mooda scale? What would you rate this on? Uh, what was our ratings system here? When Pollock comes on, he did uh, his coffees. What did he? He did it? the coffees. Yeah. yeah, I don't know what. Uh, I guess dabs would be ours, but um... I guess
4: like bro, you got to see this because that's like kind of when I think of these matches, I always <laughs> think of like a friend coming over, like bro, you got dude, you got to see this video. <laughs> <laughs> like
3: it'll be like some RF video. Uh, like, Yo, I, that's I, my I, death match Yeah. Uh, all right. Yeah. That is all of these things we're going to talk about are on really high on that then. Yeah. <laughs> because I want right. to show everyone these things. All of yeah, all, these, all
4: are these all matches. Things... <laughs> Sorry. Go ahead, Damien. <laughs> no, no. I am just going to say these are all things that when people come over to my house, I, uh, in my social awkwardness, misread the situation and decide <laughs> to throw something like this on and freak the fuck out of them very quickly.
3: This one would be tame then. This one, out of the other stuff, would be more tame, yeah. even though it's exploding barbed wire death match. Uh, yeah, Can I tell you how many people have come on the podcast
4: that I've hit it off, off, like hit it off with, and then they're like, "Oh, you know, like you do this wrestling series. Let me check it out sometime, and I'll send them the episode from the Congo where the woman castrates the guy, and I'll just never hear back again. Uh, <laughs> <the> last communication.
2: <laughs> so yeah, uh, all of these matches to me just remind me of. Uh, when like Winamex and LimeWire were a thing and (laughs) you'd go and type in WWF and just see what comes up and then you'd see oh exploding barbed wire time bomb death match click on that on your dial up and Three weeks later you'll watch the final clip in yeah. the second finish of like some stacked table. Yeah, that's crazy. <laughs> yeah, that's definitely it.
3: Uh, well, I'm not gonna I can't I can't say this is we're gonna rate these matches out of five stars. So let's let's go with that then. Let's say out of out of five, bro, you gotta see this. Uh and and just out of violence, I'd say this to me is like of uh just shot beautifully. And I'd say it's like at a at a four, four and a half. I'd say around there it's it doesn't quite get into the like some of the craziness out of here so I, I'll say a four for this one to be to be straight because some of the other ones get a lot more hardcore just because they're also a lot more modern this is from 1993 but this is still something I would I would say is a classic moment but I'm gonna go four, bro you got to see this four dabs tuna kush
2: <laughs> I I I went it's so hard grading these things because it's so different from like the the wrestling we we tend to watch um I went three and a half I think the I would have liked a bit more from the actual wrestling you wanted to see them die especially building up to that finish I'd have uh, like the actual pinfall finish I'd have definitely liked a bit more I think there were a few more teases they could have done throughout um but just the cinematic effect of it yeah is great it's and fantastic if I was grading this on kind of a cinematch scale oh. it would be higher oh, it would but be 10 I'm going I'm going three and a half for this one it,
3: it you know what I think you've kind of hit the nail there because that's probably why mm-hmm. AEW is doing this they watch this and go this is more of a movie and we're in this era right now where that's yeah kind of hot so why not kind of do that but in one maybe one shot so you can have the crowd at a safe enough distance to explode shit now
4: whereas if you're selling out daily's place you can't really do that damien where do you rate this Uh, as i said before this is probably one of my favorite matches of all time uh i go five because to me the onita terry funk thing tells kind of the history of japanese wrestling in a weird way like modern Mm. well i guess japanese wrestling post ricky Dozan, where you have the idea of the gaijin and sort of the the japanese hero triumphing over this sort of menacing gaijin and i just think that part of that story is told beautifully i totally understand the the lack of um, wrestling kind of on display in the mm-hmm. ring at times but i think this is something that i would just show someone who's a critic of this type of wrestling and be like yeah it's bloody but you can't argue with the storytelling here
3: mm-hmm. Terminally. yeah, yeah. And, and a lot of like this this one's it's from 93 and it's from fmw so like it's it's easily easily available all the matches today we linked up on the the forum post wrestling if you're i didn't quite mention that but we shared them and uh you can go kind of find them by various means online i uh, i i think this match is a classic i honestly do. You know, i've watched it a few times and it's as ridiculous each time as i watch it but i, I am a big terry funk fan and i can say i'm also a big onita fan and and Damon, do you Do you still own his bat? Oh, I do. I I, I was going to bring it over here, but I thought that was super (laughs) pompous if I'm
4: just sitting here holding a bat when we came on. Uh, Shout out to Junk Shop uh, Dog 2 in uh, Australia who've hooked me up with a bunch of cool Onita toys. I have a... And actually, my friend Nikki from the band Nothing gave me an autographed FMW shirt. You know, we're going portable for a second. It's going to maybe make the audio weird. Oh, no, that's...
3: (laughs) 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 Damien, in the episode of The Wrestlers... Uh, interviews Onita, who we just talked about, and gets him to sign a bloody barbed wire bat. And as Damien uh shows us on camera, um, Patreon exclusive is in fact this bat. Uh Damien, uh you got it from the, the shop in, in Japan, right?
4: I got it from Totacon. Yeah, the uh, yeah, that store is that is
3: like he- close close to heaven, I think. <laughs> the closest <laughs> to I've heaven I've been. It's just like uh yeah. how would you describe this this shop? A, a lot of stores in in Japan worth wrestling merch is crazy. Like
4: if you went into like, it would be like, if you're like a, a war, no, but if you're like a dinosaur bone, like a fossil collector and you walked into the Royal Ontario museum and you could just buy all the dinosaur <laughs> <laughs> buy dinosaurs. Like, yeah. It's like, like I would go to that place just to see it as a museum, as a tourist, you know, like, and I did like the first few times we were there, I was just there as a tourist, uh, you know, because it's, museum-quality pieces. They had Muda's entrance gear, the great Muda's entrance gear from his first match, like that red kind of sto- Jedi Stormtrooper thing or the Imperial Guard thing. Uh, I, like, they had that gear there. They had Audrey the Giant's autograph and handprint. They had, like, Crazy. I, hmm. I would paint to see it in a museum, and here I am just, you know, window shopping for it. But this bat was one of the things that I was lusting after, and I kind of was like, to the, to the guys that were doing the show with me, jeff and nathan who are friends i'm like you know it would be awesome if we bought the bat for the show <laughs> bring it home and they're like well we got to get it approved so i did legit buy it on my credit card thinking that there was like a 50 chance that i would have to pay for it but mice never got it back uh... <laughs> I love how you just casually pulled it out at the pub. <laughs> the well, the, the worst is walking, walking through Narita, fl- about to fly home
3: with it in my suitcase. Oh jeez. Yeah, like- how do I explain
4: this when they pull it over?
3: You can't fly, you can't be in Narita Airport with any dabs, vape pens, or nothing. But bloody barbed wire bats? <laughs> They'll understand. That's cool. That's like, fine.
4: Like, how am I gonna explain? I don't know if you can see it because of the shadow, but like, how am I gonna explain <laughs> that blood right there? But yeah, this is my Onita uh kind of in his house. Amazing. Clearly,
3: clearly Damien loves Onita here.
4: Yeah, he <laughs> is he is to me, he's like the Ric Flair of Japanese wrestling because like there's all these incredible stories about him. So he retires from wrestling to become an actor, does a couple movies, uh, but then he goes into politics, gets elected to the Japanese diet, and then has to leave politics because there's a sex scandal involving him having a threesome with a porn star and the secretary for like a minister Fuck
3: in his yeah, Onita wow i knew this guy was what a guy God. i could tell this his stees his, his like his vibe is <laughs> is pretty g uh too bad he couldn't get him as the special ref this weekend for uh that's,
4: that's the one thing i kind of with tony Khan. i'm like yo you've got the money up the check and give onita his like you know his, his give, give onita like a little bit of, of props with this get onita to do the entrance maybe they are going to yeah. get onita to do maybe like, video yeah, something. knows
3: yeah, that would um, be cool. But clearly clearly I need to we need to watch more of Onita cuz oh, yeah. he's he sounds like a guy I am interested in listening. Well, he eventually
4: gets watch. the coolest entrance of all time when he goes to New Japan where he's wearing a, he comes out with a leather jacket and just smoking a cigarette.
3: Yes, Man. yes, that is the best. Oh my god. The best. Answer. so good. I I know Moxley wants to do that so badly cuz he he has so many photos of himself of him, like recreating yeah. it but never yeah. has done it, I don't think. They won't yeah, maybe they'll let him do it on Sunday. Maybe they'll let Big Show smoke his
2: cigar on the way to the ring on his day. <laughs> no,
4: big vape. He's gonna have to have the vape. He's oh like,
2: yes. yeah, That's what I want on commentary on that new dark show. Just plumes of smoke
3: <laughs> from, from Big, big show. show as he's vaping away. <laughs> <No. laughs>
4: like, what fucking you the background Kylan king? <laughs> the background on my old computer was the shot of him at the Hall of Fame blowing yeah. the vape cloud yeah, yeah. to the
3: floor. <laughs> <laughs> Big Show vaping, <laughs> fuck! I love it. I want to vape with the Big Show. <laughs> Sorry, I, the oh my god! I was,
4: oh, I've smoked weed with a lot of wrestlers, but I, I, I would definitely take up vaping to vape with the Big Show.
3: <laughs> well, who's the best wrestler? What's the best time you've had smoking with a wrestler? Who's the best oh. to smoke with?
4: Oh, MVP. We did the last episode of MVP's podcast at um at a uh, a uh, Planet Paradise in Toronto, and uh we got Santino like like he was he was out, off the planet but Ga- but uh Grado, it was just oh, yeah. Like, yeah. he was he was like a puddle he was just like a puddle on the floor after one dab oh, i God. can't imagine there being good weed in scotland to be honest so that <laughs> doesn't surprise me so there's good weed everywhere it's just there's how many places that have the good weed is the thing that changes i find but i've definitely i've smoked some incredible uk cheese uh, in okay. my time and one time i asked for it on instagram or twitter and we showed up at a show and these kids came up with a bunch of tesco cheese blocks for me
3: oh my god <laughs> i was like was no, oh thank you but not what i, I mean, needed i mean you you're you're uh in a band and i mean before pandemic you've like toured and stuff like that and it's something we've had like a little rapport of just going to some wrestling events and I, and and anyone listening you know will we'll eventually be able to, to hang out at wrestling shows but i've definitely used twitter and been like hey uh, anyone who's going to the show. Like I'm in some, I'm in a different state or a different country. I can't find stuff. Come have a smoke with me <laughs> uh, in the future though. Everyone's going to just have their own. Cause yeah. like, you know, the whole COVID thing is just ruined. Everything fun, everything fun.
4: I think yeah, the idea of us all sitting in a room right now, coughing each other's faces, is is definitely a pre-COVID kind of yeah, fun. Uh,
3: yeah, with exploding barbed wire death matches from 1993. So that was yes. our first match. Yes, we've made it through, and we've given our ratings and broke. Did I give my
4: rating this. in the end? I was going to say I was going to say four out of five.
3: You oh, I said, said five. five. Okay, good.
4: Okay, you already well, said five. You can't now. take it back.
3: Yeah, okay. you can't take it back. It's the tuna, tuna talking. That's for sure. <laughs> exactly. The, uh, the paranoia's kicked in. <laughs> That's what happens when you smoke this tea. I rated it too
4: high, man. I rated it too high. We gotta go
3: down. <laughs> They're
4: never gonna have me back. Yeah, yeah. Show. Yeah, I yeah. gave <laughs> a five to so that. I'm right, like at
3: 3 2. I was at 3 2. <laughs> uh, we go to our next match, and it is also a exploding barbed wire death match because why the fuck? not again handpicked by damien and i will say i've never seen this match before and i am so excited to talk about it this is also from fmw a few years later may 5th 1996 fmw's seventh anniversary and this is combat toyota's retirement match against megumi kudo in a no rope exploding barbed wire death match holy shit This sounds great. This is also in Kawasaki Stadium. So this is the same place. It's probably just as many people. It's exactly three years later as well. Yeah. Yeah, that's crazy because it also sounds lit there. It sounds like I wanted to be there for this match. Uh, Toyota, you might have to fill me in here because we just watched a match with Onita who comes out to Wild Thing, but now Toyota coming out here with Wild Thing as well. So is this like a homage to... Yeah, the like
4: Onita yeah, Onita I'm I'm pretty sure is retired at this point in, in one of his many retirements and sort of like he d- is you know on the side of the ring and does come out at the end but I think the whole thing if you watch that pre-match promo uh there's like they they talk about it, you know doing it for Onita and doing it for the spirit of Onita and how important Onita was and I think actually they both mention how important he was. Mm. Onita uh you know he, and he deserves this stuff cuz he is a legend and he's a, he is a god but uh He's never one to let that legend be forgotten. And Mm. I think that's one of the big critiques a lot of people have with FMW is that he never, during his tenure with the company, let it be about anyone else but him. And even when Hayabusa, who comes in after him and becomes a big star. I saw you on the...
3: We've never the had wrestlers in the States like that, have we? <laughs> no, never, never, ever. Not <laughs> Very clearly. unique to, to this yeah. guy. I, I did watch your episode where you interviewed him, and anytime someone goes, you know, not to toot my own horn, <laughs> I was like, oh, yeah, he's, yeah, all right. <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah, the best we, we just, <laughs> oh, no, I was going to
4: say, when we got to the, uh, when we did the exploding, when we do uh, the ice ribbons match, we'll talk about later, when Onita actually was there when I went to that match, we filmed with Onita during that show. And we're walking through the backstage, and he, we walk by our barbed wire board, and he stops me. He's like, "Hey, hey, come here! I invented this." <laughs> come on! I'm like,
3: "Shit, man, that's he awesome!" He invented I know. barbed wire. He did. <laughs> I'm,
4: I'm a, I'm a fan of all your shit too. Like I've seen, I know, I know what you. Don't worry, you don't need to put yourself over. I'm going to put you over pretty good.
3: <laughs> Amazing! Shout out, Anita. Uh so Yeah we're going to this barbed wire uh, make sure you have your dab lined up there uh, i've baby, got it I'm now I,
4: i'm gonna do for this one i'm doing because <laughs> this is this match is so awesome i'm doing funfetti cake number three
3: nice wow i, I don't funfetti. even know what we're doing here i think it's pineapple uh, uh, it's funfetti cake number two yeah isn't it? <laughs> yeah something like that <laughs>
4: this has uh, a pineapple s- smell to it too the funfetti
3: yeah i like the the pineapple stuff uh, so this is now a barbed wire exploding match, but with two women in the match. So I, I mentioned Toyota's coming out to Onita's theme song, Wild Thing, but uh, Kudo, her opponent here, is rocking this like Ric Flair style pink robe. She's looking gangster too. They're both the different contrasting styles. Imagine like Charlotte Flair versus Rhea Ripley, essentially, because um, uh, Toyota's gear is like kind of more goth. She's got the classic makeup here, like looking really scary mm. and kudos kind of coming in like the, the classic wrestler stuff kudos
2: a lot more petite as yeah, well she's yeah. more
3: like your kairi
2: eo kind of build and then uh you've got uh combat toyota who's a lot bigger and stronger um which kind of in any sort of match is kind of terrifying um the size difference but especially for this style yeah. of match absolutely
3: uh, this match starts off, and it's kind of the same rules here, where they fight. There's barbed wire and explosions. I don't need to go more in depth than that. There's uh, like a, a spot where they start off the match, and they want to like shove each other. But there's roundhouse kicks right away. They they kind of go at it a bit differently than than we saw previously in a different style of a match. But they're going at it, and they're kind of now. Um, shoving each other, dragging each other around. They're pacing it out definitely a lot more slower. They're not just necessarily jumping into these explosions. Again, they're scared of getting ripped up and exploded. Uh, Toyota hits a power slam and then like a running drop kick, sending Kudo into the exploding barbed wire. And I screamed Mm -hmm. at my TV so loud. Holy shit. She comes back from being ripped up and lit there. (laughs) There's then a tornado bomb from Toyota for a two count. And this looked great, but it's only the two. So the match continues. There's then another Irish whip. And this time, kudo, Irish whips and counters and throws Toyota into more explosions. Oh, my God. Just crazy. I, I thought I was screaming at my TV before this. But then there's a, like, spot where they the one of them German suplexes the other into the barbed wire and the explosions and this made me jump out of my like chair and just scream holy shit because these women just killed each other with this uh there's near falls which at this point i'm like you you're gonna have to kill them at this point uh there's then like blood everywhere they are both bleeding they're cut up um there's then like a tiger driver for a new uh a near fall from kudo and then a stacking ishi style powerbomb here like stacking them up mm. still only a two count then it's kudo who picks up toyota with what i'm calling the verta breaker drops her on her head pins her kudo pins toyota in toyota's retirement match uh after the match there isn't quite like a, a countdown or for a big explosion like the last one we talked about but after the match it's it's as if uh Toyota's like just dead and like her manager or someone here is like slapping the piss out of her cheese here like wake up they're getting water poured on them and everything but this was this was wild this is what i imagine a wrestling match that takes place in a, ma- in barbed wire exploding. Cause they're just actually having a wrestling match that just so happens to do moves into this exploding thing. I thought this was crazy, dude.
4: Yeah, no, this is, this is uh Bahu. Once again, Bahu FMW, this is his number one FMW match of all time. I think this, I don't know, Davey, I'm interested to hear what you think, because I think this does have much higher quality level of in the ropes between the ropes action. Like, Once again, it's that sort of all Japan women's, both these women came into all Japan women's dojo and, and neither of them really, you know, I think combat Toyota was forced to leave because of an injury. And I think uh, Kudo was also told that, you know, just didn't make the cut. And so both of them show up kind of having left wrestling with Onida, which is very much like Onita's story being told to leave wrestling by giant Baba, and took a chance on them but I guess knowing how talented they were and it was it it was gangbusters like this really kind of took the company uh through a period where this was kind of the main events for a while and uh yeah I I, once again uh, this is such an incredible match for me
2: I I loved this match I I thought it was great they totally told a story the um they were wrestling like they wanted to win but you could see both uneasy about going towards the ropes, which makes sense. Like some of these, I I feel people dive too soon into the the violence. And it's like, it it feels like you're asking for that. Whereas you should still not be wanting to explode in barbed wire. (laughs) Um, That one bit in particular I love is when Kudo gets thrown into the ropes and stops herself on the top well, barbed wire rope to to not hit the actual explosion bit. So the explosion doesn't go off, but in protecting herself from not being exploded, her arms are just like in a crucifix on Uh. this barbed wire and she's holding onto it, trying to keep herself away. But you see the blood just start dripping down the arms. And then I, I think the favorite moment is, Kudo with the hip attack that gets
3: caught into the German. It's crazy. We both explode. It's one of the craziest things I've ever seen in a match. Honestly, a counter to like that hip attack into a German into these ropes that aren't ropes but barbed wire exploding ropes. It's like what the fuck.
2: I yeah. think for me, just a nitpick. I'd have loved a big explosion at the end. Yeah, just just, just <laughs> to finish it off. It again, kind of like the pinfall in the last one. It was a cool looking move, but you kind of want the the German into the ropes and then the pinfall huh. from that, I think, for These... just an epic end. But I, I thoroughly thoroughly enjoyed this match.
4: Well, but once again, this has to end with Onita. Onita's the guy who comes in with the suit at the end. Like right. He obviously looks like very slapping different. slapping her before. up.
3: Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. He was really mean, I thought. <laughs> That's still I ultimately
4: in... about Onita. <laughs> <laughs> That's something I love
2: in Japanese wrestling in general. At, at the end of a hard-fought match, they come out with the, the ice packs right away and yeah. really sell the... effects of the match it's not just lights go off and you stand up and walk to the back here throwing the water on them for the to like soothe the burns and all that like it you really got the sense that
3: these two went through a war they're they're walked to the back after they're crying they're bleeding they're probably burning this was nuts this is one of the, the the most awesome matches i've seen definitely this is like hardcore to a next level and these ladies are hardcore i thought these these women killed it i love this match and i would show this to i the, high on the bro you got to watch this scale i'd give it five on that scale Ooh. definitely i i thought this was great i i, I went oh yeah sorry i
2: was just i went four and a quarter yeah with this yeah, one yeah. for me uh definitely. just really really good wrestling match
4: um yeah, yeah. L- loved it i i think i definitely am five as well on this one this is one of my favorite matches as well of all time like it, it's just uh yeah, there's just there's just something about uh, seeing a match like this, but also the fact that they are still hitting really awesome wrestling moves like it would be a great match if they were just between normal ropes and there yeah. was no explosions and stuff. So, yeah, I'm I'm a huge fan of, of both these people. And, it, and really, I think like you're saying, it, it kind of goes to the fact that there are cultural differences between Japanese approaches to storytelling where it's a four act structure versus American approach to storytelling, which is a three-act story structure. Or like, I guess Western, for lack of a better term, but three-act structure, where we have... So you do have this sort of fourth act, which is allows for a lot more... I don't know, like psychology or internal kind of psychology to kind of be played with. I've always found that to be kind of the detriment to the WWE, is that you don't really see the fallout from this stuff, because the reality is everything they're doing hurts, you know? Like, obviously... Mm they're not going to kill each other doing it. But at the same time, like everything they're doing hurts a little bit. And to show that and to convey that only makes what they're doing seem that much more spectacular. Yeah, yeah, no.
2: Yeah, I kind of think it, it goes to that um, 50-50 booking of WWE where like in Japan, they'll really tell the story of the loser. And that mm-hmm. that story starts as soon as that bell has rung. Like here, Anita looking kind of a bit furious with um toyota toyota here whereas wwe it's like oh we can't have them lose the match and therefore you just get this 50 50 booking whereas here it's important the character moves forward from a loss um, and it starts right from the bell at the
3: end yeah i i really i really like this match i know fmw is known for some of the crazy stuff and this is just two women like actually having a great wrestling match but it's inside this ring that's fucking rigged with explosive. It's you need I I smoked a big fat one before watching this. And I was shouting at my TV, especially when like, it's one thing to see Terry Funk get thrown into stuff. I feel like maybe I've just seen him like get hung by Stan Hansen. I've seen him just get killed moonsaults off ladders. Like I've seen Terry Funk get thrown in dumpsters, but to see these like two women go at it. And you mentioned like Toyota looks really scary, intimidating, but this, uh megumi kudo is like more smaller and like just like like kind of like a pretty girl and here she is getting ripped up by barbed wire exploding and just crazy i i recommend this is nuts great pick dude
4: oh, no no well, i'm happy to once again bahu fmw says it's the best one of all time and and really uh you get to see yeah what you're saying like this this is the uh there's something women's deathmatch wrestling is not something you find very often in in america but it's huge in japan yeah, uh,
3: well, someone else watched this match and thought pretty highly of it. Dave Meltzer <laughs> gave it a three and a half star rating for an exploding barb de- death match. That's crazy. And Speaking that's a dive.
4: Like, <clears throat> and yeah. also, there's been like a you know, there, the the inflation that's gone on with the star system has been ridiculous. That's a <laughs> three and a half. That's like that's almost like a six, that's like a five star match today in the Dave yeah. Meltzer scale.
2: Is I mean, six yeah. star world
4: just going to ask what is the prediction for sunday like
2: is he he's breaking five surely for this surely
3: yeah uh well this is all this match is also on cage match and it's at a 9.13 so like people online like clearly like you're right dude like they clearly know this match and and look fondly back on it and I, i i recommend it to anyone who haven't watched it but yeah pretty high up here in the death match scale uh, are we ready to move on to our, we, we're kind of moving away from exploding barbed wire, but don't worry. It, it still remains hardcore. If you will uh, get your dab ready. Uh, this one would be, I'd say this one would be the one to have your tuna for Damien. <laughs> oh because no. We're going to be, <laughs> we're going to be talking I, about fish in this
4: match. That's why I got the do-si-do. because I'm just doing some uh do away from this thing, because this one to me freaks the fuck out of me. <laughs>
3: Are you scared of fish? I I am definitely got a weird thing about being attacked underwater by an animal. Yeah. Oh, me too. I love going to beaches. I love like beach, everything, water, everything. I wish I could live on a boat, but man, am I scared of like getting attacked by some sort of fish or shark or fucking something. Uh, the, The match we're talking about is a hardcore wrestling match that involves piranhas. Yes, the Amazon River Piranha Death Match from BJW Summer Night Dream in Yokohama from August nineteenth, nineteen ninety six. Big Japan Pro Wrestling in uh, Yokohama, Japan, and it's at the Yokohama Bunko Gymnasiums. These this gymnasium was not ready for what was about to transpire. Um, so this this t- this match is two guys here. Uh, Mitsuhiro Matsunaga versus Kendo Nagasaki. Damien, please explain what a Amazon River Piranha death match is to the people at home.
4: Like, this is one of those ones that I saw on a tape back in the 90s um, that was circulated around. And it was just, you know, that's when I was like, oh, my God. Wrestling is so much bigger than I ever understood. You know, I think I knew because I had seen wrestlers show up in the WWF from other places, you know, so I knew that stuff was obviously happening in other places in the world with wrestling. But at the same time, like, I just figured it was like, you know, a local representation of what I was seeing on TV. I had no idea that this was like, Oh no, there's like, (laughs) it's completely different all over the place. Uh, And so, yeah, this is, this is a, a match where the winner is decided by the loser being put into a rather large fish tank full of. I've tried to guesstimate how many. I'm going to say like fifty some odd piranhas. Like there's, there's a there's a, of, of, there's, there's a lot, lot of. There's a lot of
3: piranhas in this in this thing. Uh, and I know that you, you could say it's wrestling. It's it's fake, but they look like they're real piranhas. I oh, the way they be... go nuts when the blood hits the water. Yeah, is like, that's th- this that's is what it. made. Yeah. Okay. So. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so this is this is why we have you on. You're the expert of this. So well, I, I, have, I, like- I,
4: I my friend had a piranha and we used to throw like one and you'd throw like little bits of hamburger in and the thing would go fucking crazy and eat it. So that could also be why I'm scared of this thing, because I've okay. seen one piranha go nuts
3: over a little piece of hamburger. Yeah, I have I have as well. I mean, they're I great. thought they'd just kill you, wouldn't they? They would try to. They'd want to eat, your, eat at you. I yeah. Think. They want your skin, right? Or yeah. your flesh, essentially. I, yeah.
4: I think you're probably going to get a lot of holes in you, Like, but they're, yeah. they're little mouths, right? So I think right, it's like okay. death by a thousand knives, or what is it, like a million yeah. pinpricks yeah, or something? Yeah, yeah,
3: yeah. I, Where, like, I did- Before, before pandemic, I did a bunch of shrooms and went to the aquarium here in Toronto Mm. and just stood. I love, I love jellyfish. I'm obsessed with jellyfish. I I wish if I ever got like filthy John and way post wrestling money, I'd have jellyfish tanks in my house. But I went to the Piranha one. And if you like put your finger on one end of the tank and kind of move it over, they follow you. Mm. They're very scary. Like through the glass, I'm kind of like shook. I was lit, but uh, they're scary. And here in this match, these guys are wrestling in the middle of the ring there's just a tank with piranhas in them and if that's not enough there's like barbed wire boards and fucking all these sorts of weapons in the ring because a tank of piranhas is not enough shout out to these guys for having we we found this match on on youtube and it's kind of like a condensed version of it because they go they actually like wrestle more of like a match throughout the thing with them using the barbed wire in the corner and like they get cut up on that and then the story of the match here is they keep trying to drag the other guy into this tank so uh matsunaga versus nagasaki and they're they're going at it they're hitting each other with all these weapons and they keep trying to dip each other's faces into this tank and it's it's when the barbed wires used and stuff they're actually cut open and like they're bleeding everywhere and the shots here Of like one of the guys holding the guy's head over the tank while the blood's dripping in. And you mentioned, Damien, you can see these fish are reacting to this. They smell the blood, they taste the blood, and they want more of it. So that's what I found was really fucked. Even watching this, this is from the 90s, watching it on YouTube, potato quality, you can still see that Mm. with the fish, like, reacting. Uh, so they keep going back but he's not getting dumped in here there's a nasty powerbomb spot and if that wasn't enough well fuck it a pile driver because hey if i can't put you in fish maybe i'll break your neck instead uh matsunaga then gets thrown into it here uh nagasaki's not playing around he finally gets him into this tank but he keeps trying to get out of it and like his He's he keeps moving his his limbs out of it because he's clearly feeling like these fish bite mm. him. So he's trying to get out of this tank, and Nagasaki's like, "Nah, bro." So he grabs the barbed wire board to cover the tank while well, the guy is inside of it. Holy fuck! The, the it, crowd boo at
2: this as well. They're, they're like, like okay, oh yeah, go on. You like that's, over." That's shitty.
3: The refs come. They move the board. They get the pull. Pull the guy out of this fish tank and you can see the. the, for me, it was the chest. His chest looks so holy. He is Swiss cheese here, and it's just dripping blood. And there's blood in the fish tank. There's blood in the ring. There's blood all over this guy. And clearly, these piranhas were very hungry. So technically, Nagasaki wins this match. But uh, I'd say we all won this match because we got to watch it.
4: Yeah, this one stays with you. This is like... This is the one where you got that chant like, this is scarring. <laughs> this is scarring. Dude, this it's is like, fucked up. <laughs> you're never going to be the same. And also, I think this, and we'll talk about this uh, in another match coming up. Something about seeing deathmatch wrestling in fucking daylight
3: is so scary. <laughs> <laughs> it's morbid. It's weird. Uh, this is crazy. Why Why is this a thing? On the scale of, bro, you got to see this, this is a ten. Like, I've sent this to three people this week already. But on a scale of wrestling, like, negative three. Like,
2: <laughs> Yeah, I I mean, I, I just don't even know where to start with this one. It's, I mean, it's all about that stunt at the end. Is, well, it's not a stunt, is it's it? It's the guy just, getting run in a piranhas. tank of uh, I, The icing on top is definitely the board being put oh, on. Fuck. Um, I think that is the most terrifying moment of the match. Because uh, you're like, oh, shit, now you're trapped. Because... Before, you could be in there and say, all right, do a bit, and out. then ah, I'll jump out screaming yeah. or whatever, whereas now, fuck, I'm trapped in here. Um, yeah, obviously, this is a highlight form, so you can't quite get the necessarily the flow yeah. of the match uh, going into it. But um, th- this is probably the one that sticks with you the most. I Well, with me the most yes. out of all these. Just it's a really terrifying idea. Oh, I'm scared talking about
3: it again. It's giving me the heebie-jeebies, bro. Uh, I've got goosebumps
4: yeah this is uh big japan wrestling you know big japan still goes obviously to this day and and it goes like there was mad they go hard. It's, it's still like freaking crazy you know they also have giant panda though
3: who's like the giant panda wrestler
4: <laughs> so there's they should like have all- him in
3: a fucking piranha <laughs> match an actual yeah. panda versus a panda man <laughs> but uh that's but- insane these two guys are are you know legends,
4: and they also train some other wrestlers that we're going to be talking about later on too. Uh, Matsunaga is uh, has a steakhouse now, in uh, hmm. and, and that is apparently really good, and is still alive, so the piranhas didn't kill him, which is good to know. <laughs> Does he serve uh, actually, piranha at his? <laughs> well, I remember I remember in Vice, God, it would have been like ninety six that they had an article about Japanese deathmatch wrestling. And just how this crazy stuff that was going on in Japan. And, like, they talked about the, the quote-unquote AIDS match where the person got thrown in full of a vat of needles or something. I remember That's reading all the... That's disgusting. All these things of, of of these stories. And this match was talked about in that. And I remember there being a pitcher. I, I wish I had my old library of all that Vice stuff. But I don't oh, have those things. I'm happy but, you um, don't. That sounds really gross. <laughs> it was a lot of that. A lot of that stuff was, like, super weird. And this is, like, at a moment where... Like, now I think at least you have the benefit of being able to understand it when you hear about something weird, like, even if it's not cool or it's disturbing, like, you can at least understand it. At this point, you hear about something fucked up, and you'd be like, well, it's probably real. Like, they're probably just killing each other. Like, this is fucked up. Like, where are
3: the authorities to stop this? Like,
4: surely there's a governing body of sports that should intervene.
3: Well, I'm I'm thinking. Look, AEW's got all these eyes on them this weekend with the barbed wire exploding thing. But this would be you could not do this legally no, no, in, in North America. You would not be able to do this match. You probably couldn't legally do this in Japan. Like realistically, this Eda is probably would freak not out now. Like animal rights groups would
4: freak out. Oh also. yeah, yeah. yeah, true,
3: yeah, true, yeah, right, yeah. You'd have to you'd have to like make gimmicked piranhas or something. Sea bass. Yeah. Something. Yeah. Uh, that's that. This this was a game changing match. This changed, this opened my eyes to such horizons. When you sent me this hand-picked list, Damien, you sick fuck, I saw this on there and you had mentioned to me, I, I talked to you on the phone a few days ago and you mentioned to me that you were going to try to find this piranha thing. And I laughed it off like- we, We've we talked about it. I, we I, did it in the most yeah, extreme moments, Yeah, extreme I think. moment. Yeah. We did a show and uh, this, but watching it now, I'm like, this is nuts. I, I recommend search the Piranha match on YouTube. It's I mean, a five minute clip. Crazy. It opened
2: the door to other classic animal matches such as- the
3: kennel in hell
2: match yeah that's right um, equally as terrifying that as would this
3: be a one. great
4: best match ever just animal involvement <laughs> this,
3: this one would win because
4: it's so fucked i used to work at a video store we had this tape called japanorama and it was just compilations of just just different japanese tv <laughs> this, shows this
3: was beyond it no this
4: one wasn't but there was a match that was like took place in a floating ring that was like three sides of ropes And there was like a wrestler. And I wish I knew more about Japanese wrestling back then because it's probably someone known. uh, Wrestling just like a bunch of dudes in giant fish-filled diapers. And then they throw them in the water. And there's like these, I guess, sea cows. I don't know a lot about fish either, apparently. But huge (laughs) fish. that come up and start trying to eat the fish out of the diapers. And the guys are like swimming away. And it's just, it's so weird. It's the weirdest animal wrestling thing I've ever
3: seen yeah that sounds really weird I'm trying to look it up and all of this afterwards
4: is like and
2: here's your hot dog and handshake have a good day
3: I give up because my my google search is not like what I've just put in um, so, so yeah I, like I said we watched like a condensed version of this piranha thing I highly recommend you watching it if you have not checked this out um, again honestly if we're going by wrestling scale this was a, a, an abomination but if we're going by holy fuck you need to see this bro 10 Cause like this is nuts.
2: Yeah, I, I'm not gonna rate this one because uh like as I said, we saw the highlighted version and I think it would be unfair. I'm gonna
3: be a Dave here. Yeah, yeah.
2: Um but just watch this. It's ridiculous. Like if you don't believe that this happened, just watch it. It happened. It's oh, out like there. Like a
3: jellyfish match or something. <laughs> like there's so many different avenues you could go with this. I, this this reminds me of this would be a sick stunt in a movie. All these matches today we're describing are like uh, in movies. You know, you watch an action movie like yeah. John Wick and you see him like fighting all these guys and then the the spot in the fight is he kills a guy with like a, a book or something or Jason Bourne kills a guy with a magazine. In wrestling, the spots of these these types of movies or matches is these, these crazy things like well remember that that time in the movie he uses the sharks or whatever this it's like the beginning of license to kill yeah exactly what fucking piranhas uh holy shit crazy yeah. crazy this crazy I, I, yeah this
4: was like, well that's what i sold vice on like when i was when we want to do the original thing about wrestling they're like <laughs> no one likes wrestling and i'm like well you guys wrote articles about this shit back in the day like you know a lot of these death matches like all this crazy shit and i'm like this stuff happens in america i can make this movie for like no money and they're like, okay, well, let's just go see what you can get. And I went <laughs> nice. back and Jeff Cannonball stuck a Kenzon in his head and they had to remove it with pliers and it took five people to get it out. And it was like, it was history, you know, dark side of the ring and the wrestlers are, mm. are here as proof of that.
3: Yeah. Uh, and I, I love, as a wrestling fan, I love both of those shows. I am obsessed with both of them. And it's shows. like their main product now, it feels like. Well, yeah, uh, the whole yeah they went all dark side, side all that. Yeah. All dark, dark side. Dark side of Vice. Yeah. uh we we go so we all agree that like that is just a fucked up thing and like instantly is technically a death because if you just left the guy in that like tank he died he'd, die. he'd literally yeah, die true. so yep. uh we're, we're, we're not getting more hardcore than that but we'll continue on here we'll, would you have a rating for that at all or or no
4: I, I think five it. You got to see
3: it. Yeah, you like five, okay. out of yeah. This, this 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 is a different rating, and I'd say you have to see this. You have to, yeah, absolutely have to watch a piranha. Sorry, the Amazon piranha, Amazon River piranha death match just fucked. Let's go to an actual wrestling match. Let's cleanse our palate. You know, let's get let's feel good about wrestling, and let's go to 2005 June 11th, IWA Mid South Wrestling. This is uh, King of the Indies, if you will. From 2005, we have Samoa Joe taking on the Necro Butcher in the famous ECW arena here, uh, I believe. Uh, Is it what, Philly here that this is happening in? Uh, I think so, right? They did did two
4: matches against each other. Yeah.
3: And... This uh, this has – I'm blanking on who the, the main commentary guy here is because he's done a bunch. I think even more, more so Ring of Honor and stuff. But he's he's also joined by Eddie Kingston on commentary and CM Punk. Not sure if you've heard of that guy, but he's on he's commentary. He's done things here and there. Yeah. yeah. Well, he's called this epic match. It's probably the, the best – Thing on is thats number one. I called Necro Butcher. It's just like how Damien would say, "Hi, I'm Damien. I once opened for two chains." That's what I would lead with, uh, Damien. <laughs> that's how that would be on my business card.
4: <laughs> yeah, we. Uh, I I did I did some other stuff. If you'd like to? We uh we um. I'm trying to think. We've we've done some other cool collaborations with rappers. Just give me a second, and I'll i remember. But you know, we did some other stuff. But uh, no. This this match was first time i saw this thing it 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 proves suspension of disbelief out the window obviously necro butcher star of the, the movie the wrestler with mickey rourke like the real star of the wrestler with mickey rourke i remember seeing that when he staples the money to his head oh, being mm-hmm. like, oh wow and this is when this happened this was just when i was getting into independent wrestling and this was the talk of everything you know like this was just everyone was kind of like this is the dream match you've got the guy who's the king of uh, you know like to me sorry i'm going down a wormhole now but like when ecw breaks apart you basically have three promotions kind of taking up different aspects of it like the silly stuff winds up being chikara czw uh winds up being like the more hardcore super violent stuff and then ring of honor winds up being like the actual more kind of you know wrestling. capital w wrestling stuff and you know samoa joe's the star of that necro butcher's definitely the star of czw and kind of i i or iwa mid-south kind of you know the the death match stuff uh, what people at the time called garbage wrestling but he was the guy that did so much crazy stuff like just unbelievably disgusting horrific things to himself and to the people around him in the ring and so
3: to watch these two people go against each other was kind of like the dream match. Yeah, this is a dream match. And it's so it's such a strange thing. Um, you mentioned the wrestler. He's the guy who does all the hardcore stuff with there. And he's known as hardcore. So I'd say 2005 Samoa Joe was so hot at the time. Oh, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Whether oh, it yeah. be his Ring of Honor, TNA stuff, he was killing it. So, yeah, to see these guys is definitely a dream match. They call it on commentary right away that it's 420 booking. Because they're like, oh, this is a dream man. And it's like, no, we just decided how fucked would it be if yeah. you, fu- you saw these guys fight. And that's exactly it. So I think that's ne- the only thing these two guys probably have in common, too. Yeah.
4: <laughs> <laughs> Can't see them hanging out much. <laughs> no. Yeah. no. yeah, Unless true. it's past that joint, I don't think they were going to be hanging yeah. out together.
3: To no, I don't know if you want to share a joint with Necro Butcher. <laughs> yeah.
4: <that's true. laughs> well, the story about him going to his audition, he told us on Colt Cabana's podcast years ago. When he was going to the wrestlers, apparently that part was written about him, but he was going to audition for it, not knowing that it was actually written about him. And him and his brother were driving up to like New York City and from Virginia or somewhere. And everywhere they stopped, they'd smoke a joint every and every stop. So he said, by the time they got to the audition, he's like, we had smoked 25 twenty five, forty. Joints. Oh, so he just
3: let <laughs> <So he's lit. laughs> got the part because nailed it, nailed it. So Necro Butcher versus Samoa Joe, it starts off with who needs a ref because they basically just like fuck off the ref and just start to fight. And I mean fight. That's a slug fest where they're slapping the piss out of each other. Uh, Joe hits his classic suicide dive and not this not this WWE main roster suicide dive push type move this is joe flying through the air with a forearm to the guy's face just crazy Um, they start fighting around the crowd and already necro butcher is bleeding from from taking some of these strikes from joe to the ground his face is bleeding they start fighting to the crowd here all the chairs are getting thrown away joe goes for his classic power slam this is more of a snap flatliner to the Floor kind of thing. This is nuts. He crushes Necro's face against the the ground here. Yeah, it looks like he's going for his exploder, right? right? And then
2: just halfway, he's like, "No, I'm just drilling your yeah. face into." Yeah, it's not the say, is
3: he, He's not. It's the first time. It's not the last he does it in this match, which is just nuts. And then he picks up a cra- uh, someone's chair because they've all like moved away. Just hoofs it just whips it at his head cracking him necro butcher is leaking here wipe yourself up you are bleeding there's then a guardrail that's brought into play here into the ring joe power bombs him onto the guardrail set up in the corner and butcher's head just bounces off this this looks like he was knocked out and then just somehow came back to life only to end up into them fighting now on the apron where joe goes for this is where he goes for that exploder And then it's like not even the full rotation, it's just, Necro's face going splat against the the what the apron the floor here holy he's he's basically dead here. Uh just nuts. There's um German suplexes. Punk, like I mentioned, is on commentary. Eddie Kingston and Punk are going off about how crazy this is and how insane these guys are and the intensity here because they're just killing each other. Necro's trying to give him everything he's got. Punk says someone's gonna die. There's German suplexes into like standing set up chairs, but still Necro is not giving up. They get to their feet. There's a strike fest. There's palms, there's slaps, there's right hands. Necro butcher, is, it's, it's cliche in wrestling, but a crimson mask here. Muda scale top 10. He's bleeding. Joe puts him in like a cravat, just drills him with these knee strikes. And then it's just final, just as one knee strike to the head levels him out the ref decides to count it out and the match is called out joe wins by i'd say tko i guess Mm -hmm. you could say samoa joe defeats necro butcher and i say defeats because that is what he beat him here in nine (laughs) minutes 49 seconds wow wow yeah yeah i I know you love this match damien this was this was this is 10 minutes of joe killing this guy yeah (laughs) yeah
4: Yeah, he doesn't get a lot in, you know, like he smacks him a little bit, but like, you know, there's a couple moments when he does that, that sort of like, almost like a, I guess like a scoop slam face buster into the concrete on the outside. Yeah, that's fucked. And his head cracks open. Mm-hmm. There's that one where they go off the ring apron and he hits his head again on the ground on the same spot, it looks like. And then there's that thing where he does it, where he hits his back of his head off the guardrail in the corner when he puts the guardrail in the corner, how did he get up? Like, yeah, you're just like, holy shit. Like, this is just like uncomfortable to watch. Like you like, it just, you know, that's the thing. Like the whole idea of real and fake, like in the UFC, if this, suddenly started looking like this, they'd fucking stop it. Yeah. <laughs> There's no way they let this thing continue. I've heard. And I've heard, like, I've heard from, from wrestlers that like Samoa Joe around this time was no joke. Like, you know he could turn it on and it was like and it, he would eat someone up like uh, you know like and and this is what this is the best example of that like this is Samoa Joe eating someone up and this is why he was the most beloved wrestler on the indies now like I think it's hard for people to remember how that weren't there like just what level of popularity Joe had like Joe was like Kenny Omega Nick Gage and and uh I don't even know like uh tom lawler all rolled into one you know like it was just like he was it he was real as fuck and everyone was scared of you know i I would go and see him wrestle
3: and it was just like awe-inspiring every time and the promo after this match if you continue to watch they they uploaded this to their youtube for free iwa but um his promo after is so and so scary he's like a villain in a movie he's like yeah. it's, it's the i just killed you thing or i just put you in the hospital and he's like like don't fucking step to me everyone everyone out there it doesn't matter where where you are like don't step to samoa joe
2: you feel like uh, kind of someone told joe before the match oh this guy doesn't feel pain this guy does fucked up stuff you can do whatever to him and he's like okay i'll show you because it's just relentless and he works a different stuff we did a a best match ever samoa joe's title reign in ring Um, of honor yeah looking at that epic title reign and this is a very different match to a lot of them because it it is he's just out there to beat him up the fact i think my favorite part is those knees because after he's delivered all these knees you just see necro butcher's blood on joe's knee so you know he's making contact because the blood is actually coming off of his face so onto fucked. the knee. It's gross. Um, And yeah, under 10 minutes, just it's a... It's a mauling. I, I really love yeah. this.
3: This is a cult classic when it comes to wrestling. You know, like it's it's essentially, if you know it, you know it. And a lot of people I know have re- asked us to kind of cover this match. And, of course, I knew you'd somehow find a way to talk about it. This isn't a death match, but it's in a, de- a death match because it's Samoa Joe killing. I him. mean, the, the weapons are Joe's body, right? Yeah, like, yeah. to be
2: honest, I find this scarier than barbed wire. Like, barbed wire, sure, I'm going to get cut, but I don't want Joe fucking flying at me and <laughs> drilling me in the yeah. head with knees
3: and it's stuff. the head cracking off the cement yeah, yeah. ground that's definitely fucked up uh this is a mauling this is crazy uh, i have not found a melter rating for this i don't think there is one but seven
4: I, stars I, I, <laughs> yeah, that jocks me that there's not
3: but i i have found its rating on cage match and it sits at a 9.10 so hey, that's pretty high considering. I know this is this is a cult classic. A lot of people refer to this match all the time of just the viciousness of Joe here. Uh I, I'd say it's definitely for wrestling fans, it's definitely a hey, you gotta watch this match. Uh definitely like a four or a four and a half there because it's it's great. It's also just a pretty good match in itself to to, to watch because it is just a wrestling match, but damn, they're killing each other. I, I went a
2: four for this. It's yeah. it's like almost the best squash match you could have. I put, put Brock versus Cena at SummerSlam up there as well. But I, I think to go any higher than that for me, yeah. there does need to be a bit more competitiveness. But right. as this is probably like, this is a five-star squash, yeah, if you it's will. Crazy. Um it's It's
4: great. Damien, what do you think? I'm going to say it's a five. Like this is one of those ones that I, I've definitely shown people to their horror and to their joy in some cases, depending on the situation, many times. And I don't think I did a dab for it, so I'm going to do the Oh Trail Farms blend. Wow. Because it's, it you know, it's a blend of two different worlds of pro wrestling coming together.
3: <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, again, highly recommend watching that one. That one definitely made its rounds on, like, the internet and wrestling internet community and stuff. And it's on their YouTube for free in only 10 minutes. Crazy. Samoa Joe was a beast. Let's go to our next match. We're going to move forward to 2009. This is The CZW, Tournament of Death, and, well, it's the Tournament of Death 8. And this particular match is called the Tournament of Death, in the first round here, a tables, chairs, and silverware match, technically is the name of this match. Brain Damage, the wrestler, that's his name, Brain Damage, is going up against a guy, you may have heard of him, john, moxley. john yeah. moxley yeah this is from the june 6 2009 combat zone wrestling in townsend delaware usa uh, i can't tell you the the venue because it's just outside <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's like it's some someone's garden garden i'd say farm yeah <laughs> you no know, it's dj
4: hyde's uh parents farm i believe this is there still when it was at dj hyde's parents farm And uh...
3: picture your your crowd here uh, somewhere in Delaware. Hi, I'm in Delaware. Uh, It's outside. There's people chilling. And uh, they the the beginning of this is they set up uh, like a table and all the, the 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 plates and the glasses, the, silver the silverware. Wear. It's like they're having dinner. The dinner is is presented, and I, they say that it's it, it's a cake, and they're cut a piece of cake, and they say that it was baked with thumbtacks in it. Uh, I believed it because yeah, uh, everyone looks like they all like shop at Hot Topic in the two thousands. Uh, looked like they were really into like I don't know Marilyn Manson, ICP, that kind of those kinds of those you know those, maybe you know those kinds of people. And uh, well, the thumbtack cake is thrown instantly at each other. And this is when the match technically starts the tables thrown at Moxley from brain damage here. Um, But at least, you know, they got to have a bite of the cake. Uh, They start to brawl all around this, this ring. They start to bite each other. The guy brain damage, takes a plate, smashes it over Moxley's head. So he takes a plate, misses the crowd boos him the crowd hate mox here they hate him he grabs another one he smashes it over his head and he gets you still suck uh i that's probably the only chant i'm going to repeat on this show uh there's then a fork from brain damage to like the forehead of moxley here this is disgusting then there's like series of forearms and chairs on the outside uh I, i have more crowd chant comments uh and there's then like a shovel that's that's ringside and i thought for sure i was like oh boy he's gonna use a shovel he's like you know what i don't want to use a shovel drops the shovel then brain damage picks up a sword <laughs> yes a fucking sword in a wrestling match uh but as he's like you using about to use it moxley comes at him with a belt and wraps it around his throat like basically choking him there there's a david carradine reference on commentary <laughs> jeez uh moxley then uh it's i think it's mox who gets hung by the belt turned on him by brain damage here he's beaten to shit brain damage then goes and gets a i i don't know how if i'm describing this right is it a, a baseball bat with a bl- saw blade through it right yeah Yeah. okay <laughs> they say it's the modified tomahawk i'm like what in the <laughs> fuck so a blade through a bat is about to be used here, grinding it against Moxley's face and forehead. Uh, There's then a car windshield that's brought into this that Moxley gets suplex thrown through. It's a barbed-wired wrapped car windshield. Uh, There's then a package pile driver bomb type thing, and it still is not enough to keep Moxley down. Somehow he's still alive. There's then a power saw. Like It's a, a turkey carver. It's a turkey it? carver. No, no, it's a the power car- saw. It's definitely, yeah, oh, is it's it? more I than... It. As as it was it's like a, it it's a, like a ch- mini blade.
4: It's like a jigsaw, an no, 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 jigsaw. Yeah, for yeah like Like
3: tinier things. Out,
4: yeah, yeah. You like could, if you're doing like construction in your house. You use it to saw like. Uh, you could
3: carve your turkey cuts. with
4: it. Yeah, I mean <laughs> that's. I figured it was a turkey carver because it's. Yeah, it's one of those things.
3: Yeah, and we we're, we're he's got this little power saw thing brought into a wrestling match. The crowd are livid, and he starts to just grind it and turn it on using it on Moxley's forehead here. Holy shit! Come on, and you, you see the blood on? coming out. Like that's the thing. They're oh. close up, and this is what mm-hmm. shocked
4: me when we were shooting the um, the wrestlers episode too. When when the guy when there's the power sauce thing that I, I forget who has it used against him, but anyway, you see skin,
3: you see the blood coming yeah. out. Like he's really soft, I know Like that's it's, not- it's it's not even just blood because blood like splatters out. It's like chunky blood. It's parts yeah. of his forehead. It's yeah. like. It is fucked. I'm yelling at my TV at this point. Come on, dude. Come on. He's bleeding. As he's grinding his face here completely, he goes back. He lets go. You think it's over? And he's like, nah, you know, I'm going to go back and do more of it. And he goes back and he's grinding. Moxley is screaming in pain here, rolling around in his own blood everywhere because he also got fucked up from that car windshield. Some other guy Comes out looking like fucking Leatherface with a chainsaw now, <laughs> like vroom, comes out to make the distraction finish, which allows Moxley to roll up brain damage, and in the Tournament of Death Eight, Moxley wins this match. Uh, what in the left out the other running? I- oh, sorry, what, the other guy runs in with a uh, fucking crow it's uh sammy callahan yeah sammy callahan comes in there's like oh fuck this this was as soon as power saws were brought into wrestling (laughs) matches i was trying not to throw up
4: (laughs) yeah it is it is one that will stay with you too this one is like this is why john moxley is such a uh an incredible wrestler to me is because he does it all you know like he can do you know obviously he does a lot of brawling stuff, but the fact that he does this type of wrestling, like once you do this type of wrestling, it's like as far as I'm concerned, like you're willing to do fucking anything to your anything. body. Anything. Mm. Anything. So getting yeah. carved
3: out here on a CZW show in some farm. Like this is fucked. This is like backyard wrestling mixed. Like this is CZW to a T. This again is I think on their YouTube for free. This is so fucked. Uh wow. I, this didn't do
2: a whole lot, right, to be I, I mean, I'm someone who definitely appreciates what these guys are doing for our entertainment and yeah. doing that crazy stuff to your body. Uh, for me, this lacked the psychology. It felt like at times they're, okay, I'm going to let you carve my head here, which I, I need to see that struggle. I need to see in a wrestling match, someone wants to win and like both guys want to win, Yeah, right? And you're trying your best to, avoid getting hurt so you can win the match. And I I felt it was a bit too cooperative. Um, Also, I hate distraction finishes full stop. I'm sorry, but you're getting carved up to the head and all this, but, oh, that guy's not in the match. Whoa, three seconds. My shoulders are on the floor. Vince saw that. It's like, (laughs) come on. Someone needs to train these wrestlers how to kind of focus a bit more because all of this mayhem you could have just played someone else's music and oh no who's running a out roller. um i also loved the package pile driver despite everything that happened in this match was maybe the safest looking package pile driver like package pile ever bomb. Saw. yeah yeah very very much head tucked it looked very safe which just made me laugh considering i've just seen like a chainsaw in the match or whatever yeah that's true um but yeah th- this didn't really hit for me at all. <laughs> but it was just violence. It was me. just violence, yeah. but I do appreciate it. It's the same. Like for me, I love Saw One, the first one. Yeah, right. it you could describe it yeah. as torture porn, but there is that that story that goes through it, and the right. narrative's quite strong and it's got a good twist. You fast forward to the later Saw movies, and it's just About the an excuse to have a trap with gore. And I felt this lent more towards that side
3: right uh good comparison i i I didn't like this as much as the other stuff but i i know why damien i know why you picked it because it's it's ridiculous it's it's we're talking about death matches well these guys are using power saws Mm. it's fuck it's terrifying yeah yeah like and i think Davey, you touched on like that's the big critique i think a lot of people have of
4: death match and that's a lot of the people we talked to in japan their argument about why japanese death matches differ than american death matches because there's a lot more psychology at play. Um, I, I think the tournament of death is truly the most unique environment I've ever seen wrestling in. And if you are a fan of pro wrestling and can stomach the blood and when COVID's over and it's all safe, obviously, seeing one of these outdoor death match tournaments is something I strongly recommend doing. I know GCW does a couple of them, too, because nothing like seeing blood in the daylight to really bring home. <laughs> Oh my
3: god, it's a nightmare. It sounds sc- I don't know what's scarier, the power saws or some of the people that were in the crowd here. <laughs> oh my in god, the fans, dude. It was <laughs> the it, well, fans. You know,
4: I got to be honest, I met some really cool people there too, like really yeah, really cool yeah. people. Um uh, yeah. But there were also some terrible fucking human beings in the crowd too. <laughs> you know, I can't, I can't put it any other way, like, you know, that's just, You know, like some I I've, I've met people that I've remained friends with to this day and some people that I hope I never
3: see again for the rest of my right. life. That is fair. That is fair. Well, hopefully not brain damage because he has like chainsaws and, and all this stuff. Uh, he's, he was kind of scary. They, this is,
4: they brought a gun. Someone brought a gun one time to the TOD to try to give to a wrestler to use in the ring. Oh a real God. gun.
3: That's fucked. Yeah. You, yeah, you bring your own weapons, but like it's a it's rest it's not real. You don't need to. They still kick out though. They still. But God you know, forbid you get distracted by a roll up. <laughs> I'm surprised it wasn't you. Like shot someone shot in the arm or something. Yeah, you know, knee Yeah, yeah. Oh no, well, that's that's
4: terrible. There's been stabbings.
3: You know, like yeah. gun in the ring and
4: stuff like that. So, you know, I, I unfortunately, you know, I, I think now that we've said that, you know, I, we're not the first people, but now that people have said this before, eventually it's going to happen. Someone's going to mm. try and pull a gun spot
3: yeah ridiculous uh i would i wouldn't go as high on this this is definitely up there to like show your friends who like sick shit because i know a lot of people that would get a kick out of watching john moxley get a uh saw to the face i'd go around a three for this one uh, because it's still fucked up but i'd probably show people and be like here let me skip to this saw uh spot but there's some fucked up shit including that car windshield really crazy i went Uh, a two for this one yeah no worries
4: it's a five for me because it's so fucking crazy. And it's John Moxley, you know, where, when no one see, you know, like this is John Moxley. Like, yeah, the it's guy crazy. That's carried basically two companies that is, uh, you know, at, at two different times now. Um, and yeah, like, yeah, we're watching him do this wild shit that God, like this pushes everyone's boundaries. Um, And, and also I think the, I love uh, the manager, Bill Graham, who's uh, the evil manager character i think he's one of the best managers ever
3: and he's really creeps me out every time i see him a lot uh, of I people in this creeping me out including the spots yeah. but it's crazy to see sorry dean ambrose john moxley doing this yeah. nut stuff if you're wondering yeah. what he did before wwe this was that mm-hmm. <laughs> that's why
4: everyone was so excited when he was coming in at first like oh my god they're bringing in that guy the guy who can cut the amazing
3: promos and can do all the fucked up shit uh, Dave Meltzer gave this 4.75. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he did not rate this and there was no rating on K- the ma- match was, I could find it no one rated it no. so uh, uh wow. I give it that. Well you are the first. Uh, yeah, awesome. I'm going to make it a,
4: I'm going to make it a 10 uh 10 out of 10 in a minute.
3: <laughs> <laughs> let's go from Delaware back to Japan for our next match. Get your your dab loaded. Uh, I saw you doing one earlier. Uh, yeah, this let's is
4: gonna
3: go. Be the, I got I got a good one right here. What is it?
4: Funfetti cake.
3: No, okay. Lotto 33, because right, I'll we have my coming
4: two together two, two different worlds, two different eras of Japanese
3: deathmatch wrestling. Well, we're going to a familiar place for some wrestling fans, Corcoran Hall, Tokyo, Japan, for pro wrestling freedoms in December 25th, which means, hey, Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. 2015. Yes. This was on a Christmas show. And you know what speaks Christmas to me? glass <laughs> broken glass in skin that's what that's what i think when i think jingle bells baby mm-hmm. we're going to freedoms at bloody christmas 2015 this match is called the glass crush and it's uh masahi i'm sorry masashi takita versus jun kasai now, again, uh, Damon, that show, the wrestlers that you did, this guy, Jun Kasai, was heavily featured on that same episode as Onita was. And uh, do you want to give maybe a little recap of who this guy is? Because he he looks kind of scary.
4: Yeah, Jun Kasai, the crazy monkey, um, he was a, a wrestler who came over and actually did some CZW shows in the very beginning and did a TOD actually one time. And actually, he was watching his TOD, where I, you know, that's one of those things where I'm like, fuck, we should make a documentary about deathmatch wrestling at TOD because they were popping glass out of his back afterwards and stitching <sighs> him up and he's shaking all the other wrestlers' hands after uh, the last match. And I was just like, this is so wild. But he's incredibly charismatic, almost like a crossover celebrity, a little bit in Japan. Like he does sort of mainstream talk shows and what? he is, <laughs> yeah, and he's so beloved. Like you can hear in the crowd there, like he's, they're yeah. chanting his name, and it's amazing watching him fight Masahai Takeda because uh, Takeda's uh, a, like a real, the guy who's kind of carrying Japanese deathmatch wrestling and someone who people look at as being the guy who's carrying it into another new era. And, you know, even watching him as this sort of rising star, this is still very much on his ass- ascent, though, it's all Kasai; Like, you just hear Kasahi, Kasahi from the crowd the whole time. And we were meeting, I met like an eight-year-old girl, that had like his goggles on her head. And she was telling me about why junka size the best. And she goes with her mom all the time to watch him wrestle. <laughs> and wake up, you know, and it was just like these, you know, and I'm sitting beside her and she's cheering and like screaming as he's getting injured and cut up. And it's just, uh, it, and he's just, and he's got this sort of like infectious charisma that when you're around him, you can just kind of like, you kind of see it. He's like almost like a Mick Foley, I guess, you know, like the mm-hmm. same sort of lovable you know, guy and his back just looks like a Jackson Pollock paint being done with puppy paint. <laughs> Both these guys, the <laughs> scars
3: bad. all over him. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's terrifying. It's like trying to get you, you connect the dots yeah. on them. Like you could do <laughs> constellations for days on their backs. It's nuts. Uh, we went
4: so to the hospital they, with the, with, sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off, but we went to the yeah. hospital with Junkasai and the wrestlers. It got cut out of the uh, episode and the doctor recognized him. It turns out the doctor was a fan of him back when he wrestled in Big Japan. <laughs> oh, my God. Um, and, And he had wrestled, and here's this guy who does all this crazy shit, he had wrestled and a beer bottle had broken, he'd gotten a piece of glass in his finger from this one beer bottle, like a little splinter and it caused an infection and it got so bad that he'd been hospitalized one time and then subsequently hospitalized again another two times for it. They thought he might die. They thought he might have to amputate his arm at one point from this like little splinter of glass, like just to put in perspective how fucking crazy and dangerous this whole world is. Oh yeah. my
3: god, Jesus. that's insane. Uh well, these guys are going at it. Kasai Takeda Glass Crush on Christmas. Right away, they give each other the middle fingers. They you already know they're going to do some fucked up shit. Like headlocks. They go for headlocks and <laughs> they're exchanging technical wrestling holds. Uh but I forgot to mention that in each corner of the ring is just plates, giant not plates, just giant sheets of glass sheets yeah. of glass in each corner leaning against the turnbuckles so just glass everywhere glass crush uh they keep trying to throw each other into the glass it's kind of similar to the exploding barbed wire where where you don't want to get thrown into the glass obviously so uh back and forth the irish whips and counters and headlocks in a steady pace here trying to get to know each other however uh T- T- Takeda comes here with a huge knee Sending Kasai through the glass Holy shit Think my favorite moment of the match This looks crazy. awesome Just think getting a, like a V-trigger Flying Daniel Bryan knee kind of thing Sending the guy through this plate of glass This insane uh, Takeda then picks up pieces of the glass Forms a little glass mountain Out of Mohills In the middle of the ring And then starts headbutting Kasai into it forehead first Kasai is dripping blood not only on his face but all over him um uh, there's then slaps back and forth uh Kasaya hits a lariat of his own sending takeda through the glass here to get some um like offense back here uh then there's my favorite move recently the hatch suplex <laughs> a few of them back and forth but again now there's like parts of glass shattered throughout the the, the ring here there's a uh, angel's wings there's uh a bloody cross. That's br- like, sorry, Kasai grabs a a thing of glass and then decides to like use his blood to draw a cross upside down, like cross on it. Uh, this is that. This is hardcore. This is some fucked up shit. Uh, and then sets it up on two chairs. But as he's trying to get Takeda off the top rope through it, he it's countered and Takeda hits him with a German, a spider German suplex off the turnbuckle through the setup glass omfg honestly shouted at my tv at this spot this was this was fucked up i mean i said this a million times on this show and um and i know you're in the band fucked up but this is this is scary this guy's yeah. going through glass it is fucked up i love i love the spider german though it it makes so much sense why
2: do you want to take a back bump at yeah. the top when yeah. you can yep. heat yourself <laughs> and especially when there's glass there glass. i think it's just using the move in such a clever way uh oh. and
3: Just every time this glass explodes, it looks awesome. It looks cool. Uh, There's then uh, an angle slam, a slap fight. There's more glass set up. And the one guy goes for, Takeda goes for like a flying armbar into the glass, but instead the glass like just flies away. So they continue to fight. They fight. They set up the glass again. He's like bleeding. He he eventually does hit this, like flying. Think of like what Kushido like rolling cross armbreaker. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Flying cross armbreaker into the glass, which shatters. Now Kasai is screaming and pain. There is a shot of his back, which is just leaking blood. Somehow he gets out of this. There's a tiger driver for a one count. Kasai gets up, puts his goggles on, like you mentioned. I, I guess this is his finish where he goes off the top for like a flying splash or something, but knees up. And there's a dragon suplex that's turned into a, like a two count. There's then a tiger driver pile driver, but that is a kick out. Kasai doesn't know what to do. So he goes for the same move again and drills him with a second tiger driver pile driver. And Kasai pins Takeda to win the glass crush 2015. What did I just watch this? This this one, I was like, oh, I'm going to prepare for this show and watch all these matches. Damien picked made myself dinner the other night went to start watching this and I was about 2 minutes in and I go you know what maybe I don't want to watch this while I eat dinner <laughs> and I changed what I was watching and watched it later glad I did yeah <laughs> this is crazy no.
4: <laughs> it is it's is an amazing match i think it speaks to the fact that like these guys are wrestlers they train super hard as wrestlers and they just happen to be doing it in glass um mm-hmm. I, watching Kasai live and watching Takeda live and, and getting to see these guys, the glass is actually coming at you in the crowd. Like, we in the first ring, we went to see it in Shinjuku first ring, and I'm sitting in the first row with Chris Charlton, friend of the show, yes. and uh, glass is coming flying at me, and I'm covering it up, Chris is covering up, and it's just like, this is the most visceral live entertainment experience I've ever been through. <laughs> This <laughs> is just crazy. Like you can smell the blood. Oh, uh, the guys in the ring. Jeez. And uh they were there's like like this is this is the glass crush, so they're mainly focused on glass weapons, but they use razor blades and saws and scissors, and it's just it's on a new level now with Japanese deathmatch wrestling and American uh, wrestling is, too. Yeah, this is wild though. Glass?
2: Glass. I felt I missed a trick with like ball balls you know christmas decorations the glass balls. oh like, yeah like home it's alone. christmas day it's a glass <laughs> match exactly like home alone um but in all seriousness i i love this match this uh this is kind of what i i want in death matches the focus was still on the wrestling but as you said it just happened to be in a ring full of glass i, I thought there was some really that cross arm breaker looked great through the glass the flying knee through the glass um and just the glass smashing just is it's like table breaking they just it's yeah. fun to watch yeah. right you just yeah. see the kind of cloud of glass flying everywhere um, I uh, i thought this was a really good match actually I really
3: enjoyed this one it shows Kasai uh, um, is like let alone there's glass and, and stuff used they're, they're having a wrestling match mm. with just used weapons involved like they both the guys here are really technical and really sound wrestlers but then everything's going towards like, I'm going to throw you through this class and it's just, it's, it's scary. Uh, I really like this as well. Um, I'd say I'd give it like a a four out of bro. You got to watch this because the wrestling was good, but the storytelling is, this is the storytelling you like in your, your death matches. You don't just need to see a guy using a chainsaw for no reason, whatever, but to see a guy like, okay, the story is like, we're going to hurt each other using glass, but the whole match is trying to avoid it and trying different things to throw you through it. Oh, a guy, he's leaning up against it because he didn't get thrown in. Okay. Well, I'm going to run at you with a knee and send you through it. Like it all kind of makes sense. And what, it seems Kasai like what he does has purpose in each of these crazy spots.
4: He's a great wrestler. Like he's a really good wrestler in and out of death match wrestling. It's funny though. Like it wasn't this show we were, we were at with Onita. It's the ice ribbon show we're going to be talking about next, but in the crowd watching it with him, He's like, I don't like glass. He's like, this is not what I wanted ever in wrestling. He's like, oh. I'm fine with barbed wire. Like, I'm fine with the fire. Yeah, I'm fine with the explosions. But I, he's like, I don't like glass. He's like, I don't like light bulbs, all the chemicals. He's like, that's, that's to me is gross. What
2: scares me about the glass is the ice. Because you see how it just <sighs> becomes like a cloud of this glass. And even the referee, if, I mean, if you're saying that you are getting kind of debris flying at you from... <laughs> Oh, yeah. Uh, From the crowd. Like, I do worry for the
3: the ref being in there as well. (laughs) Yeah, he's not dressed as a silver samurai. He's he's maybe he has gloves on, but. Yeah, yeah. no, it's definitely, you know, like,
4: there's, you know, they're popping glass out of their backs, you know, like that's like a real part of the job for these guys. You know, it's, it's, it's a, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's a, it's amazing with deathmatch wrestling for the, for the risk reward kind of
3: equation for most people. It's just, office charts unacceptable but especially you know. glass like you mentioned he got some stuck in his finger like i i had an iphone and the screen shattered and then i continued you try to text with it mm. and i got like glass on my fingers and had to go to like a doctor and like get yeah. glass removed and i'm like man i'm a little bitch but this guy's going through plates of it like this guy's like you mentioned afterwards people have he's got to have people uh, pick through him. You said he calls himself what the, the monkey, the spider monkey or something crazy monkey, crazy monkey. Yeah. Cause yeah. afterwards he has to get other people like a monkey to come behind him and pick <laughs> out things out of his back. Cause like, yeah. Uh, shouts out to this guy for doing this, but, um, I, I would, sh- I would show this to wrestling fans that maybe, you know, would have not seen this because yeah, it's a crazy hardcore death match, but, it's also like a fun match to watch. It's crazy.
2: I'd say it's a good bridging match. If you're more of a purist wrestling fan, yeah. I think you definitely watch this and take away that there's a good wrestling match glass. in it and then being exposed to this glass and other stuff. It's <laughs> a gateway drug of death match if you will. Yeah. Uh so I'd say like a 4, yeah. Yeah, I went 4 for this one as well. Really enjoyed it. Uh,
4: I I definitely think 5 as well because I'm just like all these matches I'm like you just got to see this. Like you this thing see is it
3: it's wild it's beautiful in a very disturbing way yeah i i think kasai is a badass i think he's pretty gangster. the visual of like his face just covered in blood but
2: then he's got the contact in yeah. in one eye where it's kind of all white it he just looks terrifying <clears throat> it's
3: very scary uh well um there was no melter rating for that and uh no one has rated it on cage match as well oh
2: it's a 8.7 oh oh yeah
3: i could not find that one but uh i that one was I, hard to find this next one was hard to find. Let's go to our last match. Whereas, well, I watched the highlights, which was tw- like a 17 minute video of highlights of the match because it was an hour long Iron Woman death. M- okay, Damien, you're going to need to explain <laughs> what uh, the ice ribbon Riza Sarah fourth produced last death match. That's the title of the show. What does this mean? What is this match?
4: I was, you know, and, and call me ignorant for not knowing about this, but uh, I went to, we went to the show. I didn't really know what to expect. I knew Ice Ribbon was a promotion that had death matches and, and had um, it, it had, like, women's wrestling. And it was, it was you know, a promotion I had heard of. But I wasn't familiar with Rise Sarah, and I, I certainly wasn't familiar with her kind of, like, storied career in death matches. And we were told this was going to be her last death match ever. And it's just a parade of greatest hits coming out, you know? It's just, like, all these sort of legends of deathmatch wrestling just coming out to really do horrible things to her in the middle of the Yeah, ring. it's fucked!
2: Because it's, it's not a gauntlet match, because you don't need to, like, win the match to continue to the next one. It's just... it it seemed to me the story is, can she last the hour
4: against all these people? (laughs) That's kind of, yeah. It's like the passion of the Christ kind of (laughs) thing. And it's also like this loving tribute. Like we shot it and we're like, and and I interviewed her right after the match and her and Abdullah Kobayashi. And I should say that I have to go pretty soon, unfortunately, but um, I, I talked to her and Abdullah Kobayashi after the match and they're both just like covered in blood, like just decimated from the match. And I'm just like, why are you doing this to the interpreter and she's like why are you doing this and she's like to inspire people to work hard tomorrow at their jobs and i'm like you don't have to do this so awesome as a person like really i don't know why you're doing this to yourself like i'm really sorry Oh, so God. there's
3: yeah, this to just explain to people what it is, it, this happened on uh, November 14th, 2017. And we, like you mentioned, Riza Sarah goes against all these people. And there's a drinking egg match in it. There's uh, like light tubes, there's barbed wire boards, there's so many fluorescent like light Fixtures that there's like smoke in the crowd. For the, like mm. you mentioned, there's just dust in the oh. air of all this like glass. It's
4: would, up. it was like a cloud sitting over the ring. I'm just like standing at Cordigan Hall looking at it, just like yeah.
3: It's I should just be wild. wearing a
4: mask. Like this is so yeah
3: bad. yeah. You would need to again. We I only watch the highlights, but what I can say is check that out because it's completely oyster fucked. shells.
4: Oyster
2: shells. Oyster that oyster that was shells. the bit that got me. Fuck, fuck off the the lighting tubes landing on oyster shells. That would. So, so much yeah. imagine if you were like allergic
3: to shells, bottle too. tops
2: like plastic <laughs> bottle tops like we've all uh, stood on one of them before by accident uh, but like yeah hundreds of them I, i'm
3: glad you like put in your like the highlights of this because it's just fucked i recommend people to like check it fur out conkers you know
4: and conkers yeah. are in there like fur shells with the yeah,
3: pines. yeah. it's crazy yeah. oh we we had fucked. to
4: cut it from the episode because we're like there's no like people have a problem with intergender wrestling yeah, intergender right. deathmatch wrestling is is definitely I think going to be the bridge too far for most people. And it's it was it was really hard to watch this. Like even the skewers in the head. Skewers oh, in the
2: head gosh. followed that by a was... brainbuster. <laughs> i will That's say what... yeah
3: well, that one that one was that one was fucked and i recommend checking that out but over over all the matches we watched here today um what was like a what was like the the best one that you watched out of these picks maybe i'll ask you first davy because um damian picked these matches but out of all the ones you watched today which one a was like the best match you saw or b like out of bro you gotta watch this
2: um my favorite match was definitely uh Toyota's retirement um I against Megumi Kudo. I thought that was excellent. Really enjoyed that. We'll absolutely watch again. Um, good mix of deathmatch and just wrestling and storytelling. Uh yeah, and I think the the most
3: fucked up is probably the piranhas. <laughs> I'm on the same I, I absolutely love this FMW uh Toyota versus Kudo exploding barbed wire. I think this match was amazing. And to see these women go out there and just kill each other was great. That German suplex had the biggest pop out of everything. But the piranhas for me went over the top, Damien, You are a madman for picking this. Uh, I know you rated a lot of these like five stars because clearly this is from your 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 corrupt mind of stuff. So out of all these, you, a, these are my
4: mixtape staples. If you want me yeah. to make your pro wrestling mixtape, these are going
3: to be on there. <laughs> uh, so, uh, Damien, uh, out of all these, which which would you say is the best death match ever? Are you going for? You said your best match, your favorite match ever was Onita Funk. Are you sticking your guns? I think I think that's just for me in terms of
4: like where it sits for me personally. It's my favorite, but I'm going best ever. I you have to go combat Toyota Megumi Kudo, because that's something where, you know, like you're saying, it's just the wrestling's on another level. And I think you you obviously and Takeda definitely has had matches that are on that level as well. But you know, I I think that match is close. But that that combat Toyota Megumi Kudo match is is one of the most famous matches forever. But if it's Showing someone something that's completely fucked up, it's definitely that jigsaw scene in uh, Moxley versus uh, Brain Damage. (laughs) Yeah. uh, Yeah. No no one's like, oh, he's not going to use, like, you're just watching. I remember the first time I saw that, I'm like, well, he's not going to use a saw on him. Like he's someone's gonna come and kick it out of his hand. Like that has to happen, right? Like someone's gonna. So why aren't you stopping him? Someone stop him! And it's
3: just like it's just so not chill using uh, a fucking <laughs> a fucking saw on someone's face. Uh I really loved watching this selection of stuff. Uh, again, we we cover so many different styles of wrestling and going to look at some of the death matches and some of the most fucked up shit in wrestling. This this is definitely all of the things we watch today deserve to be on this this show because I I heavily heavily enjoyed watching this stuff man so uh great selections here for death match ever or best death match we ever. need to do
2: a part two sometime yeah we'll have to yeah, do a I'm different, down, different guys. yeah
3: I, we'll, we'll we'll let you talk about normal wrestling too one day That's- well, I, I think i think uh you know
4: no, i love talking about normal wrestling but i think at the same time i might my, my favorite thing is uh is always going to be this sweet spot especially the fmw stuff like that was a thing that really got me into wrestling was the fmw dvds hosted by mouth dr mouth yeah uh, yeah of of law wrestling fame and uh he he when he introduced like he would do the commentary on that stuff but i just saw those dvds and i was just like oh this is this is it and i think it's the perfect kind of like sports entertainment meets uh shoot style meets wild you know, whatever. jackass, death jackass wrestling for me. You know, it's got yeah. it's got a bit of everything all under one roof, and that's what ECW I think
3: picked up marvelously on. Mm. Uh, well, Damien, thank you so much for, for joining us. Is there anything you want to like plug or say? Because I know you, you do so much, turned out a punk and everything. You just had Bill Hader on, which means Ooh, yeah. if we're friends with Damien, that means we're one degree away from yeah. Bill Hader, I guess. Yeah, put that on your <laughs> <Bill>, Twitter, <tender>, Dave. <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. We have
4: a uh, he I'm trying to convert him to become a wrestling fan, I've sent him some links. Um, Of it. That's one of those things I was saying about maybe sending people inappropriate links very quickly. (laughs) Send them the piranha match. (laughs) Maybe I've already done that. Maybe I've already crossed that bridge, unfortunately.
2: You just forwarded the email you sent to Bill Hayden to us, didn't you? Like, Damien, you need to pick
4: six death matches sure i just Poor bill i just I said this a, to bill last week yeah, i said it was a mixtape staple for a reason no um <laughs> i think there, i've sent him one match so far and i, I think that's all, all i can really expect someone that yeah, you know maybe to take at a certain point <laughs> but uh you know no i do a podcast called turn it punk we do two episodes a week i say week because my brother books it and he keeps me working super hard uh recently uh, yeah bill Hader was on uh daryl jennifer from the bad brains is coming on John King from Gang of Four was just on. Uh, Talib Kweli was on earlier this year. Um, So, yeah, just anyone that's interested in punk rock, Jack Black was on. Robbie Brookside was on a couple times. MVP's been on a few times. Definitely, if you're a fan of wrestling, listen to episode 101, where MVP and Zach Blair from the band Rise Against, then of the band Guar, save the Macho Man from murdering the Misfits backstage of the show
3: oh yeah okay. yeah,
4: I have, uh, yeah 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 wow. it's the wildest story i've ever heard in my life and it's and and, and <laughs> uh it's just it's like stand by me meet it's just you have to hear it <laughs> episode 101 listen to the mvp and the zach blair episode separately first because they were actually weirdly coincidentally on together uh and and they had no idea that i knew that they knew each other because they had lost touch anyway they come together because of the podcast in episode 101 and it is amazing it is really uh, a trip. That's the, that's the one to hear.
3: Yeah. Turned out a punk with Damian Abraham and Damian. Yeah. Definitely got to get you on for another show. I'd love to uh, to hang out. Always
4: guys. I got more dabs and uh, we got a, yeah, we'll do it over this time until we get into face-to-face contact. And I can really fuck you up with dabs. Yeah, you, I'm gonna hold you
3: to it. You keep, keep saying you keep saying it that you're gonna get me fucked, but like I'm still standing. So,
4: oh, I've, I've flown to places before. Like I was saying earlier, <laughs> I've, I've I've been to some psychedelic realms on the dabs, and so I can help yeah. guide you.
3: I like getting to the next level. I like getting to that exploding, no rope, barbed wire, deathmatch level. You know, I just, sometimes you got to get there when you, you're smoking. Uh, well, thank you guys for listening. If you want to check out any of the other stuff, patreon.com slash up next. We do best match ever. We do was next, all the other shows. We do our weekly NXT shows here and AEW shows here, as well as, uh, well, we're going to be covering Revolution. Join us for the watch along twitch.tv slash up next uh, for some exploding barbed wire stuff. So uh, at up next podcast, Twitter and Instagram. Go follow us, like us, and whatever podcast app you found us on here. Give us a little nice review or subscriber, or all that stuff. So uh yeah. Absolutely. You can find me at Davey Portman. I am at the Bray D, and I already know Damien's is uh left for Damien.
4: Yeah. So I think it's on a, Twitter and Instagram.
3: It's a lit, it's a lit handle. Uh thank <laughs> you, Damien. It was nice to catch up. It was nice to do some dabs Absolutely, and talk. About some-
2: thank you so much, Damien. Some really Fucking great picks there and so different from what we usually cover.
3: Yeah, I mean, smoking weed and watching fucked up wrestling is pretty great. It's, it's pretty good. It's pretty good. It's fun.
2: Yeah. What, what else are you doing this pandemic, no, eh? Nothing. Um, we do put up feedback on forum.postwrestling.com. And let's see uh, if any of you guys checked out any of these matches and what your favorite
3: death matches are. I see BSR has written in he says I was actually at the show with Samoa Joe and Necro Butcher never thought of it as a deathmatch in traditional sense just a flat out brawl but holy moly it was amazing. We go
2: to John Casey who says at least the Onita versus Funk match was done in front of a large crowd and going into the barbed wire was considered to be the devastating move other than the time bomb spot. That alarm was annoying. <laughs> oh, I love the alarm. Yeah, I love the alarm. I think what he's doing is if you're going to go that extreme, at least you've got like 40,000 people to watch it, not 10 people outside in a
3: farm. It's true. Like Brain yeah. Uh, yeah. Brain damage. Mark P. says, I love Joe and Necro. While I've never considered it deathmatch, it's an incredible outing from Necro Butcher and represents a peak point in the Northeast U.S. indie scene during the 2000s. It's also interesting to think the fact that Joe and Necro took place the same weekend as the original Hardcore Homecoming event the day before One Night Stand. Necro Joe took place on an IWA Mid-South show as part of a doubleheader with CZW later that day. It was a packed weekend. Oh, and Necro worked a match with CZW later the same day as that match. What the (laughs) hell? Also argued that this match is probably most remembered of the entire weekend, with maybe Tanaka Mike Awesome being the only other... Discussed somewhat at the end of the day necro joe was a dream match at the time joe amongst the very best of all-around talents on the indies necro was a wild man who gained a reputation for being the stiffest and craziest dude just a perfect matchup also it would be noted this spurred several other necro versus uh like other dream matches such as necro low key necro super dragon sadly neither could reproduce the spectacle of this one even if dylan summers had ended up Complete dumpster fire of a human being in recent years. He's helped create a masterpiece of violence with this match. As far as Onita Funk, I absolutely love the final five minutes. So perfect and almost cinematic. The sirens going, the countdown, and finally, Onita running back to save Funk from the explosion. It's magic. I really hope AEW lifts some aspects from that for their match. In terms of other indie death matches, I recommend checking out some mid 2000s fans' Bring the Weapons Brawls from Montreal's IWS. I remember sitting front row for some of these and the 1,000 people for matches that featured hundreds upon hundreds of light tubes and all sorts of creative violence like Sexy Eddie uh, who was able to get into TOD and makes a name for himself. As a result, opened the door for other non-death matches. Uh, specifically Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn. Wow, lots of feedback. But hey, thank you there, Mark. You clearly know your death matches. Yeah, that that was great feedback. And finally,
2: we go to Hoogs Bay, who says, All right, mates. Firstly, I have to say how jealous I am. You've got Damien on for the show. Fucked up played the year. I didn't go to Reading and Leeds. So shout the fuck out and determined to see you when the world is back to normal. Less of pure feedback, more I want to pick your brains. I have to say, I love that Necro Joe was picked. That match was savage in a different way to the others on the list. Also loved the representation of Jun Kasai, and particularly Masashi Takeda, as I feel these are DMWs who do more than just, oh, deathmatch wrestlers who do more than violence. Where do you see deathmatch wrestling heading with it getting more prominence thanks to GCW's Mania shows, as well as likes uh, as guys like Takeda and others such as Drew Parker have to shout out our town and Ricky Shane Page, who are good wrestlers in a more traditional sense. And also, I'm sure you'll explain during the show. But what made you pick Mox Brain Damage as the TOD representation? No OG Weed Whacker or Sexy Eddie drinking his own severed artery, love that's a weird sentence isn't it can't wait to hear this one shout out you all hogan
3: yeah i mean sexy eddie uh, was just mentioned in the other one he's kind of fucked up i don't want to watch any of that (laughs) i don't want to watch i've seen the clip of the weed whacker and it's really terrifying i don't like saws and stuff used in my wrestling i prefer the explosions i'm yeah in in
2: asking where we see death match wrestling go i mean i guess this sunday is going to be an indicator of it um it does seem more kind of wrestlers are getting into it. I, I feel, maybe it's just because I'm not checking, but I, I feel we've kind of moved away from the backyard stuff a bit yeah, now. Yeah. So I think you're going to get more traditional wrestlers who are more inspired by this type. We've definitely seen in the last year with um, cinematches and all that, the creativity has definitely lifted with it within the wrestling industry gcw so, it'll definitely will be, be i'm
3: curious to see where it goes yeah joey janela and his crew do some weird oh, fucked yeah. up shit for sure I, we didn't really go into joey janela but i know that he has done some crazy shit with the gcw and going forward he's going to want a to top he's probably so mad he's not in the expo- Yeah. he is actually he's tweeted about how he's mad he's not in it so maybe gcw will try it piranhas he should just do a run in and get thrown into the. For no thing. reason. Just no reason. Into piranhas. Same with Derby. <laughs> yeah. Uh, thank you for listening. Take care. Goodbye. Be safe. And that was the best death match ever. Ahoy!